Hi, James. How are you? How's the Hi. health? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well. I'm better than before. If, you, um, if you're not a patron, I don't know what to tell you. You just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it was COVID episode Instagram in patron too. town? Yeah. It was patron it town, yeah. So Parisian this, COVID. Parisian you COVID. You got the designer um, version. <laughs> apparently. Uh, it was specialty made in one of the fashion houses. And... Um, no, it, I, this is this is day. I was telling Gabby like it's day like nine slash ten because I got it in Paris and started feeling symptomatic on the plane where the time difference was weird. So mm-hmm. I took a, I actually took a test today. I didn't tell you that, and it, the line was very faint, um, mm-hmm. which was nice. And so hopefully, like tomorrow, it goes away, and then I don't have to deal with that thought of like, do I test or am I doing the ten yeah. day rule? You know, because people are making up their own comfort levels and I, I respect whatever people need to do but like I don't want to have to make that choice <laughs> dude testing out of COVID was one of the most like ex- like celebratory moments of my life because yeah I had I was like three days away from an event I really wanted to go to which was essentially my friend who's an influencer cedar like rented a penthouse filled it with free stuff and invited us to come and that was like in three days mm-hmm. and I was trapped in like Sacramento fucking with COVID in a hotel during like Omicron like it was still just so extreme and I just yeah was like waiting to test out of it and all of the research says it takes exactly 10 days and on my ninth day I was like positive at like a CVS and then on the 10th day I remember it was like it was the 10th day but it was the kind of midnight before the 10th day and I was just like I have Mm. a feeling like I have a feeling I don't have it anymore like I just don't feel like it's there and then I took the at-home test and it was like negative and I was like holy shit like I'm free I can book a fucking ticket like I'm done and then the next day I took like two more tests to make sure and I had three uh negatives and I just was like I felt it felt like a uh I don't know, like, I was, like, in jail or something, like, because right. I was stuck in Sacramento. Like, the way that it happened was just Well, so you're fucked. literally, like, yeah, you're, well, you especially, I, I felt bad for you. Can we actually tell the story about Yeah, no, the whole story seen, like, was, that was, no, this so is a good funny. story. I, last <laughs> August, I was visiting one of my good friends who lives up north and has, like, a very kind of, like, isolated, uh, lifestyle up there like hippie life (laughs) and I was visiting her and it was just a casual visit and it was during a super intense fire season so Mm. two really crazy things happened it was like I got it was just okay I think the day that I got COVID was when I got um also evaluated by like an eye psychic who told Mm -hmm. me that I had such strong resilience that I probably, that it would take a lot for me to get COVID. Like, I would have to be, like, across from someone with my mouth open to get, like, he basically was just saying, like, my, my, whatever. So he basically filled me with this confidence that I, like, it was so hard for me to get COVID, which also made sense, I guess, because I hadn't had it the entire time yet. But it was, like, a hippie town of people who kind of had rejected all the protocols, like, super early. And, Mm. you know, I wasn't, like, a big vaccine person, but I was a big, like protocol person like I didn't go out much I was happy about the masks yeah totally and the thing I think people don't realize is like you and I were doing the mask thing before COVID do you remember when I would like get sick and we'd be in the car together and we'd both wear masks and like there's a photo of me from 2018 (laughs) when I was hosting uh stuff at tenants remember and I'm like wearing a mask like 
it's like I've done that and so I have always been really like I don't want to get fucking sick and I think it's so fucked up like when people have a party when they're sick or go to a party when they're sick and they don't say anything and you're like two hours in and they're like oh yeah like I'm sick and you're just like you fucking like (laughs) disgusting fuck like I've always felt that way even before COVID like (laughs) yeah like I'm just like stay the fuck home like I don't know I've always felt that way so even before COVID so it's like I wasn't running around but these people sort of were and I know who I got it from it was this girl they had a birthday party for her and (laughs) um uh, (laughs) it was like oh my god first off my first fucking thing with that birthday party was that I didn't know these girls at all and like the scheduling was so shitty that I was asked to like (laughs) like set up a bunch of like decorations I also hated the decorations you know what I mean so like all the joy of like decorating and decorating is like having a vision and doing it for someone that you like know and love that you love and so it was yeah yeah. and I'm (laughs) and I was just like alone like my friend was like oh I forgot to do like my homework or something and I was just like yo I hate this and I'm so pissed off (laughs) and then the party happens and one girl is sick and doesn't say anything until later and it's like progressively getting worse throughout the night and we had all eaten on the floor on a tiny coffee table closely together and I'm pretty sure I got it from her um and I just was like dude and then two days later I was like feeling coffee and weird but here's the thing is that a huge uh forest fire is it a forest wood forest fire? fire yeah forest fire wildfire huge forest wildfire huge wildfire was happening (laughs) in the neighboring zone to our house which means like thick black smoke in the air like so fucked so I was developing this like light dry cough and I thought it was from the smoke and Mm. um yeah it was just I've never been that close to a fire in my life and it was so close and then we were in the evacuation zone eventually and so this is like me having a casual what I think is going to be relaxing visit at my friend's house and I'm being forced to put up decorations (laughs) <laughs> when you were gonna go up it was like I'm just gonna space out in nature and like get away from the city where everything is so like stressful because it's COVID and we're all like in close quarters yeah. and I was like yeah it seems like I would do th- I mean I would do that too if I could and then it was just like <laughs> I was just seeing your Instagram yeah. stories I was like poor Gabby like in a hellish no it was the worst situation. week on top of that I think that I remember their sink got backed up too, their kitchen sink so we couldn't cook for mm-hmm. a while either it was just all in one week and it was just a bad week yeah um and yeah so I think the cough is from the whatever from the thing and then it's just the cough is getting like worse and I just feel shitty and I'm like dude like I want to like leave and I was like I can get us a hotel for like us and your dog and like in Sacramento because it's like mm-hmm. an hour from from Sacramento Sacramento obviously wasn't experiencing any fire and that was another thing that annoyed me is like everyone kept acting like it was chill like I just felt like I was going nuts like it was like everything was chill yeah. like first off the girl fucking being sick and being like oh it's like like not fu-. like I don't know it, I felt psychotic like like yeah, the, I'm yeah, not yeah. sick like oh the fire is not that bad I'm like there's people packing up their fucking cars and leaving and I just right. was losing my mind um and finally I convinced I don't even her use this word but like that sounds like classic gaslighting <laughs> just like gaslighting the 100%. city girl yeah <laughs> No, totally. Like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, okay, like, it's one thing if it was just me freaking out, but it's, like, the neighbor's family is, like, you know, it was, like, a cartoon, like, packing up the trunk and fucking busting out. And um, Mm. 
yeah, it was just bad. And not only that, it's like even if the fire wasn't going to come and take the house, the air quality was so bad. It was on the scale of bright red, which never happens. Um, And I just was like, you know, my sinuses are pretty weak. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be out here. And I was like, you know, if you don't come, like, I'll just take an Uber, $100 Uber to the city, do my own thing. And I finally convinced her by, like, getting a hotel with, like, a nice pool and sort of, like, selling it as, like, a cute vacation moment. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Which I realize now is quite strategic because my angle of, like, let's get out of here and protect our lungs and, like, <laughs> was not working. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I was like a vacation, and then it fucking worked, which also pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyways, we go over there. The hotel's great. We like whatever, and then I just remember having this day of just feeling so like fucked. Like I thought I was like I have COVID. Like I had a. I knew I had it, and I had this fever. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a fever, and I didn't have a fever checker. Mm-hmm. So I ran into a Goodwill and said, "Can you just check my head for me?" And I had no fever. A fever checker. Famous yeah, I, like, I went into monitor. different... I remember I went into a bank, and I was like, do you guys... Because that's when people were checking your fevers at the door, bro. They don't do that of anymore. Of course, of course. So I just was yeah. running. I felt like I had a fever, and I went into... I remember a bank, and I was like... The security guard was like, what the fuck? And then the person who really had it was Goodwill. <laughs> and of course, like, Goodwill is janky. So when it said I didn't have a fever, I was like, the thermometer's broken. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I never had a fever during COVID, but I had this sensation of a fever... Um, and then I finally tested with an at-home kit and I had it. It was like positive and I was like, mm. holy shit. And it kind of made sense. And then I started getting intense body aches. Also during that time, it was much harder to find like at-home tests. I remember that too. Yeah, it was brand new. The Binax thing had just like hit the market. My yeah. mom had actually sent me to the trip with it in my bag. Because she wanted me to Aww. test before coming home. So she kind of like, she had some mom intuition there. So thanks to her, yeah. I had it like strapped. Um, but then so then my friends there we both are getting COVID whatever I am like well now I have to isolate like I'm ready at this hotel and I couldn't get on a plane to go home I was definitely not going to go back to my friend's house where there was fire air and fucking psychotic people (laughs) broken sink and a broken (laughs) yeah it was just it sounded like the worst thing um and so I was just stuck to kind of like just be in a hotel and I was just in a typical like Hyatt hotel like one room big bed tv situation and I just stayed there until I was negative and I was trapped but so (laughs) the stalker part of the way that I I was creepy is I figured out what hotel Gabby was in without oh this was amazing okay well backstory well we have to know the backstory to know how freaky it was (laughs) For me. Okay, yeah. So you, you I had a stalker situation. Wanna... Um I had yeah. a stalker situation which I don't talk about because I don't want to. <laughs> um yeah. that actually followed me all the way to Maui and part of the reason I fled Maui so suddenly was because of that. Um mm-hmm. it was a bunch of things at once. But that was one of it. So I was just on high alert in a way that I'm not anymore. I've just always, like, just scared. Like I was just scared I was being watched and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> there, yeah. there we go. It's August. It's so, two months after the stalker situation. So literally two months after the stalker <laughs> three, and I... Three. three. And so I, being, you know, a best friend, figured out <laughs> somehow 
I Googled like Hyatt's in, I think she had said to me like, I'm in a Hyatt lol. So I Googled like Hyatt's <laughs> in Sacramento and luckily there was only one. And so I called the front desk and I was like, hey, if I send a friend flowers, like is there a way to get them to her if I don't know her room number? Which by the way, there should be a way, there shouldn't be a way to do that. Like it's so creepy that totally. I was able to do that. <laughs> I know, imagine what if I was like, you know, the president. <laughs> yeah, and so... Luckily, it was just like a Sacramento hotel, but also Sacramento is the state capital. Like they should be on a little bit more of a high alert. Anyway, so uh, I sent you just like an Instacart because I couldn't figure out florists in the area, mm-hmm. and it was like roses and maybe like la- limes. I think it was roses and limes. You sent me limes for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and because uh, I knew you were alone, and it just it's so hard being sick in general. It's hard. Like the situation was like I have to send her something. So I did that, and I didn't say anything to you, but. <laughs> But I also, like, just didn't think, like, this could be, like, a terrifying situation for Gabby to just, like, have happen. And so, and also I gave my name at the front as, like, it's from James, you know. And so the guy at the front, didn't the guy at the front be, like, some dude sent you flowers, right? Like some No, they were just, I got a knock and I was handed a bag. And then in it was, like, roses and limes. And I was, like... Oh, and then I was like, well, this is nice. And then I was like, immediately was like, the guy. I was like, he's talking to me. He knows where I am. Like, I don't know, you yeah. know. And I immediately thought it was like just the freaky stalker dude. And I got freaked out, which is so paranoia brain. Like, I'm thinking about it now. And I was like, of course, like that guy wouldn't notice send me limes. Like, that's so you. Like, you know, but that was like at the yeah, forefront. Yeah. Um, and how did I find out it was you? Did I text you? Was I like, yo? I think you texted me. You're like, holy shit, someone uh, just sent me this shit. Like, I'm so freaked out. And I was like, it was literally me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was so cute. And then I, I put them on display and everything. I had like a big cup in my room that I could. <laughs> yeah. No, I put them on. It if was it had the, been um, like. Yeah. If it had been like a, a florist situation, it probably would have been less freaky. But yeah, getting handed a bag like by the doorman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's in like just this so haphazard scary. way. And there was like no yeah. no. But yeah, we figured it out really quickly. And that was so cute. I love that. It is really hard to have COVID so and be isolated, I have to say. Like it's Yeah. Like you and I were sort of talking about this a little and on how it's so psychological in part because of how much information we've been like you know, filled with for the past two years mm-hmm. about how terrible it is and where it can go and what's going on. You know, so it's almost like this subconscious intensity that just doesn't match any sickness even though the sickness was way chiller than other sicknesses I've had well that's the thing is I like so when I was in Barcelona I thought I had food poisoning but Chris and I later realized that I had stomach flu Mm -hmm. and I gave it to him because we were always like isn't it crazy that James had stomach flu and then Chris (laughs) had stomach flu and then later we realized that there was like it's called like like Norcan virus or something like that. Mm. I don't I remember what it's called, but it's it was Norcan. like the virus was really bad this year and it was going around. Um, so I when I got that virus, I felt like I felt like I was saying to Chris, like, just put me out of my misery. Like, please, just I don't want to live anymore if this is... Mm. And it was for days that I was, like, completely laid out. Mm. And this time... So when I got COVID on the plane, I started to, to feel kind of like chills and maybe I felt like warm um but I also was so fucking tired and I can't really sleep on planes so I I was sort of like maybe it's just being so tired on a plane Mm -hmm. um and 
then when we started going into the descent, I literally just threw up in the like airplane bag. <laughs> so crazy. What was that um, like? Did you feel terrible? Like, like I did. What was it like yeah. to throw I felt, up on like, a plane? Felt, I felt so queasy uh, and nauseous, and I had and they didn't give us enough food on that fucking flight or water or anything. And so it was sort of this building thing of, like, I had asked the stewardesses, like, I went to find a flight attendant and be like, hey, is there any, like, anything I can have, like, any nuts or anything? And the, the like, French flight attendant was like, nuts? You want the nuts? And I was like, <laughs> oh like, And so I just thought I was hungry. Um, and so then when it finally came to the point of throwing up, like, Chris was totally asleep and... It just, as soon as we started to descend, my stomach just flipped and I couldn't Mm. even get out of my chair. So it was just this terrible, like, paralyzing Mm. feeling of, like, I need to throw up right this second. And I've never experienced being, like, in a situation where you have to literally just reach for a container in front of you in public. Um, And it was actually while the flight attendants were coming to clear stuff, you know, and they clear Mm. stuff in the last moments. And they saw me and they just, like, averted their eyes and pushed the cart away, which I thought was, like... A, kind of nice because they didn't embarrass me, but B, like, then I had to walk the throw-up bag to the bathroom and wait for someone to get out of the bathroom and, like, because I didn't want to be holding this thing, you know, so then I had to take care of it and be, like, you know, walking around sick lady. Also crazy because, like, Chris Chris didn't get it and... um, I figured out that basically, you know, the, they say like the incubation period is when you're actually sickest, like before mm. you start showing symptoms or your first day of symptoms. Um, and I wasn't with Chris during that time. So it was just like this crazy lineup of, of that, you know, all lining up for him not to get sick because mm. uh, he was on set. And then we were on the plane together and we were just masked. Um, also just crazy because like I, I, we've talked about this in, previous pods but like I love masking in the airport because I always I always got sick on planes in general or in airports because mm. I always like would land with a sore throat no matter what and so I just don't now masking I don't have that experience and and you've said like it's not as cold and I think maybe it's just like the cold of the airplane or something like it's just nice so no one was masking like mm. so few people were masking in the airport on the airplane and I kind of was like okay, like, whatever you want to do. But I was standing in the border patrol line, like, just, like, dying, like, feeling passing out. And there are people mm. so close to me. And I'm like, I don't know how many people, like, could have gotten sick because we were standing in that line for, like, 30 minutes, almost mm-hmm. 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I, I was masking, but, like, you know, I don't know. If I hadn't been, <laughs> I yeah. just can't imagine. I mean, I think it it's takes so a bit. Like, when I got it, it was, like, very, like, I didn't get it for so long, and then I got it sitting across from somebody for a while like eating pizza you know what I mean like but that's what I'm saying is when you're in a line like you're literally they're crisscrossing you in the line Mm. like snaking you so you're facing someone yeah (laughs) staring into their soul like waiting to get (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. psychological (laughs) imagine if there was like if COVID could be transmitted like through uh energy (laughs) I honestly feel like that shit's possible sometimes I know empath empathic anyway I'm not trying to like make this a PSA I just was like I've just been tripping about it because it's just been it's so trippy also the fact that like just watching I don't know it's kind of not the news anymore when it was everything for two years and I yeah another thing that uh, it just I get so passionate about is 
people who just have sort of doomsday predictions or like negative predictions and it's like that should better be correct you know what I mean like that should better be right otherwise you're just Mm -hmm. creating negativity and so much of the predictions around COVID were like we're not going back it's never going to be the same and I'm like bro walk into fucking a cafe in LA it's like nothing ever happened it's like 2016 again Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like people were really willing to go back (laughs) to just the vibe like I don't hear any COVID discourse anymore hardly no and there's there's another round of it coming I think because there's been another wave like I've seen on Twitter people like talking about long COVID and shit yeah. and, being, like, and the kids are still masked. It's like intense all right, the conversations right, 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 right now right. about kids have you realized it's like trans kids masked kids shooting abortion. kids abortion Shoot. yeah it's all about the kids aborting right kids <laughs> aborting um, kids aborting aborting the mission of the kids. I mean kid. dude yeah I can't also, like, the conversations are being handled really poorly, so it's just, it's just tiresome. Um. Yeah, because they're not conversations. <laughs> they're broadcasts yeah. with reactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the children of, uh, that are the personalities of Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. <laughs> Even those um, what? kids. I what said, like, the children... Like, I'm just making a joke that, like, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were acting like kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing, what's satisfying about the trial is, like, I wish there was, like, a trial or at least a trial-like thing for, like, every, like, intense thing online. Do you know what I mean? Like, any, like, intense Mm. conversation or, like, whatever. I wish there was, like, a true, like, not even, like, a legal trial, but just some space on the internet where two people can go and be like, okay, you accused me of this, and, like, <laughs> let's go through it yeah. in live real time so that we can understand it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Kate Moss, that sort that of tried to happen when the... That, I feel like that sort of tried to happen with the, like... The oh, you're doing great? Thing ...where it was, like... Remember the yeah, you're like doing great moment? Yeah, like, like that. Oh, my God. That was yeah, the only one that exactly. I saw. If you guys are aware, there was this, like, abolitionist account that was, like, just really good at making content and had, like, a really strong following. And honestly, like, I think the movement suffered without them. Um, But their username was You're Doing Great. And then they were accused of, like, uh, coercive sexual stuff. And then there, there was, like, a live that happened of, like, them being asked sort of like to like deplatform, yeah, and like give up their money, but it yeah. wasn't a trial because there was no evidence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like her being like, "I heard this and it's bad," and the other one just being so mad. The accused, you're doing great. Being a- accused was just there, like silent and pissed off. So it wasn't like, but they they did try. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy they fucking try, thing that happened. They try, but it was also like the verdict was sort of decided beforehand, which is sort of what sucks about. That's true. Yeah. That that's actually extremely yeah. true. It was like what we're, it wasn't. Oh, this is a trial. This is like we're gonna fucking publicly shame you and hope mm. you take it because if you don't, you know, you're in bigger trouble, kind of thing. I wonder how they're yeah. doing. I know you're doing great. They wrote an essay. Okay, if you guys, I don't know if this is totally like over everyone's head. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, but for those that know, no. Um, but you're doing great. Had an essay that they wrote a few months after about it was just very personal emotional poetic about how it felt to be in that situation which was like traumatic and everything 
I don't know. I didn't yeah. agree with that one. They were doing really good work, and I think they deserved the money and stuff they were getting, and they had one thing, one whatever, drunken whatever. <laughs> it wasn't even like... It was yeah. one of those ones. It was one of those ones that's like... It wasn't clear and repeated behavior. It was someone being like they were dating, and they didn't hear them not want to do it, and you know what I mean? Like... Which is always a sticky yeah, fucking situation. It didn't feel like the punishments fit the crime, basically. Yeah, and the evidence of it. And you just never know, unfortunately. As much as, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, there are hidden incentives sometimes. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and we would know if we had a trial. <laughs> but even then, like, this trial, trial with Amber Heard... I do wonder, do you feel like the trial with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is actually going to, like, reveal truth? Of their situation? Or in what yeah, kind of Yeah, like, the, the, do you think the verdict will be a truthful verdict? Yes, Or do you but think it's more about the testimony and the, like, all of the things that you witness along the way? Like, I'm curious about it's that. both because the trial itself is about defamation it's not really about mm. which is interesting because so two things are happening which is like the public discourse it seems like Johnny Depp did this more so to just clear his name in general mm. and the trial has already did that you know and so the public and especially on social media and most people are like very much on his side um but the trial itself is more petty in the sense it has to prove that they lost jobs. And, like, so it's interesting how the trial is, like, it's, like, half-half. It's, like, these little conversations with, like, executives that go over my head that are probably going to actually kind mm -hmm. of define what happens with the defamation aspect of, like, you lost money, you lost this, or you're the reason this happened. But then there's so many stories, like Kate Moss testifying, that yeah, feel very yeah. entertainment tonight <laughs> um, that end up pleasing kind of the conversation that's happening online which is way more like you know trying to pick a victim and an abuser and kind of uh flip the me too movement like all the kind of sideshow that the trial isn't necessarily about you know yeah yeah but in the end it all matters and it's such a public trial but yeah it's it's crazy yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think so. We'll see. Maybe, it, hopefully, it just reveals like the nuance of these situations, which I think uh, it's hard to say. But I think uh, there, you're always going to have like the kind of people who pick a side at the beginning and then just defend it throughout. And mm -hmm. hopefully, like over time, there will be like a understanding of I don't know the 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 different elements that that went into, like, their lifestyle that, that made such a messy situation. You know, like, yeah, the problem with like the trial so is, like, there's always going to be, like, a winner and a loser. And honestly, both of them are losers in so many ways in the situation. Mm -hmm. And the win and the loss and the obsession with the win and the loss is, like, the narrative that the public wants to leave with. Yeah. Regardless if that narrative is really the truth. It's, like, the trial becomes a symbol of something that it isn't. Yeah. Um, like, I think I wrote this on my blog about how I just feel like the trial is, like, in reality, it's just two extremely wealthy people that were sort of wallowing in their own shit. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they were wealthy and famous, and they could just have penthouses and be whisked away. And, like, it was just very, like, 
elite shit. I don't think he ever hit her, honestly. There is no good evidence for it. But I do think that he was just, like... Like, he reminds me of my first boyfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. Just this, like, cowboy dude who's, like, has his dignity and, like, will fight any man in a bar and wants to shake his hand after and would never hit a woman, but, like, kind of romanticizes his rage and passion. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a character trope in L.A. Um... And I just think, yeah, the trial itself is just two fucking people that were just rich and famous and, like, you know, and yeah. everyone that had a parasocial relationship to them, which we'll get into with Dumas, T, yeah. um, was, like, the reason for both their success and demise, you know what I mean? Right. It's, like, people's weird attachment to either party is, like, you know, and then, but there's so many different things happening. It's, like, there's the fan bases that are obsessed, there's the Me Too people that are obsessed with, like, what it means culturally, and there's people who are just, like, entertained, being like, damn, like, he said what? Like, yeah, <laughs> you course, know, so it's all over the place. Um, but the thing is, is, like, what people don't want to say is, like, people do fucking lie, you know what I mean? And, like, especially if you're not a person who lies, which you and I have talked about, is, like, you just don't understand how that happens, but it does. And, like, I've witnessed it firsthand with people, like, you know, people have lied about what shit I've done and nothing makes me more mad and I've had in the Me Too there was the whole like upheaval of like people around us for a while there was a lot of Me Tooing happening on a small scale and like a lot of LA music scenes and you and I both know this person and I'm not going to name them obviously but someone we know started the takedown of actually a really big celebrity uh, who got Me Tooed and when I found out who it was this was a girl who I would never believe a fucking thing she said, honestly. (laughs) Like, she was unfortunately a mess, unfortunately a liar, unfortunately, like, a social climber. And when she came out taking down somebody um, successfully, it was like, I wasn't going to say anything, obviously, but I was like, any of these people grew up around this girl. And of course. (laughs) They'd be like, well, let's look into this a little bit more. Like, this isn't really a reliable source, you know? And that's what's hard about these things, is, like, there are people who... Yeah, <laughs> who like take advantage of yeah, I was these about narratives, that, and then there's about that person yeah. and everything. I know. I thought about it today, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was crazy." Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> but that's a big example. But even the smaller examples of just girls we know, especially in Los Angeles, you know what I mean? Because LA is a place where a lot of people, whether conscious or not, are like fighting for the upper hand. Of course, yeah. <laughs> And you people know, who like, it's like, oh, you're are wronged or feel wronged in situations, and then it like they can't accurately express that, and so then it manifests itself in another way. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and then it sort of gets bigger than maybe it needed. Like maybe it was actually meant to in in the first place. You know? Yeah, totally. And if you think of sort of another part of kind of like the LA almost like elite or like Johnny Depp level like (laughs) just this level of canceling that or me tooing that happens to people in power and I'm not talking about like the big ones like Harvey Weinstein or ones that clearly have evidence and like patterns and but the ones that are like I was 21 and he was 26 and you know I don't know what happened I was a big fan you know Mm -hmm. and it's like not that intense (laughs) like those ones that did get a lot of airtime like Um, if you think about it, and this is just, I think, like a psychological truth, it's like if you have a breakup with somebody or a falling out with someone you were romantic with, 
if they go on to do really well, it really fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if someone goes on to just kind of, like, lose their spark or, like, disappear, it's, like, not that big of a deal. And so when you're dealing with people in L.A. who are, you know, on track to getting more attention, more fame, a new album, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it gets stickier because it's, like, any scorn that you have for that person grows when they're doing well or getting oh, attention. Totally. Yeah. And L.A. is the city of attention, you mm-hmm. know? And so when I see a lot of the kind of Me Too or cancels that have happened around me where I had insight beyond kind of just, like, you know, girl accuses guy, girl must be right. Like, I'm just like, dude, I just, like, (laughs) you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to watch that guy reject you and then go on to make album. Oh, totally. A big album that everyone likes. If I, I, like... If the manager that I was in love with at American Apparel went on to be, like, an award-winning <laughs> author, and I was still in a really dark place <laughs> when that happened, I could have yeah. pulled out the stops. I could have written in, you know, <laughs> it's just, like... Totally. And haven't you thought like, about it? I just... I I didn't really think, think about it because he disappeared, and I was sort of like, well, he'll probably just end up doing whatever, but I... Uh, you know, I could have been like, well, I was 19 and he was 21 and there was a fucking power <laughs> dynamic because he was my manager at America. He was the manager. I was the new hire. He was the manager. He picked what I was there and what I could wear. <laughs> <laughs> he picked my schedule, my life. I know. Yeah. It's actually, you could it's say not even all that, that and it real because he was the assistant manager and so he didn't even have that much. But I could have, I could have <laughs> just said, taken away the assistant and then like the manager. Um, but he just disappeared into the night on his fixie bike and left me to lock up. We don't know where he is at all, which is fantastic. Yeah. I just don't trust anyone, anyone who doesn't believe that like somebody could be so vengeful after like a broken relationship or some kind of like unsavory romance like if they don't think that they could be vengeful I'm like I don't trust you because I don't think you've done enough like shadow work essentially Mm -hmm. or like enough introspection to know that you could be that person like everyone has vengeful thoughts everyone like preys on their exes like demise (laughs) like at some point like at your worst moments at your weakest moments like you can do that. And I'm just like, if you can't fucking admit that, like, I just don't, I can't, I can't, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) and that's what it takes to not do shit like that, is to be like, okay, I'm capable, but I I know that's the wrong thing. Right, of course, of course, of course. (laughs) I'm capable of, like, calling. I'm not going to say it. It's just crazy. No, totally, yeah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to call out my assistant manager on this pod. No, (laughs) kidding. Aren't you happy that a lot of your exes are just, like, they didn't really... Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about (laughs) it, and it's sort of funny how... Yeah, I never... I... I, There was a couple times where I thought some of them were really going to pop off. But the times that I thought that, I will say... I just... Maybe because I'm just so fucking hard on myself. Joey, I don't have food up here, babe. You keep... Like looking at it, she thinks I'm, I'm playing with Sculpey and she thinks I'm playing with food. Um, Aww. I know we've been really bonded. She's, so smart. She's been, we've been really bonded. It's hard. It's hard that I'm working. She's so observant. Mommy's working, buddy. Um, okay, the highlight you made of her today is so good. I got so many requests, I just it's had to do it. It's good to be immersed. Had to do it. It's so good. Thank you just you. really get all the pieces of her personality in like a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. 
Um, um, James made a highlight of Joey, everyone, at James Francis first highlight. Check yeah. it out. Check it out, Joey Lance. Um, what were you, you said, oh. you were saying about your exes. Okay, oh. you thought that they were going to, like, pop off. Yeah, and I get, and maybe this is just because I'm hard on myself and I direct everything back at myself, but I was like, if they're going to make it, I'm going to fucking make it harder, and I'm going to, I always said when I was, like, really petty, I was like, success is the best revenge, and I'm glad that I had that yes. impulse because that's, like, <laughs> It did guide me in so many ways, and I still feel that way, even now, even though the, my exes aren't, like, wildly successful. <laughs> They're just, like, yeah, living yeah. as much as I am, but... <laughs> They're doing the same thing. Yeah. They're doing the same thing that they were always doing. Yeah. That's the thing, is, like, they didn't really decline. They're just kind of in the same place, so yeah, it's almost, yeah, yeah. like, in your narrative brain, you could be, like, oh, this isn't some big mystery of the life I lost. I could literally yeah. imagine what would be happening moment to moment. Yeah. Um... I don't know how I feel lucky. Yeah, none of my exes, um, I think, have done anything different yeah. or, you know, like anything enviable yet. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, it feels good. <laughs> like, I'm going to admit, like, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because girl power. I don't know. I can't imagine. That's why girl power. I'd probably be pissed. <laughs> I'd probably be pissed if one of my ex came out with a collection of poems before me. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle it. You know, that's that's exactly what we need reading, is another like, man's poetry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot, is there, huh? The only poem poetry I know is like a man from the internet is like Young Pueblo, oh, right, 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 which right. I just it's good stuff, but I just like hate it. <laughs> like I, aesthetically, I know I what you mean. I know what you mean. It's just it because it's very like geared for Instagram, which isn't their fault. You know, it's just like they have to yeah and like men's uh whatever let the men be sensitive i want more um, men to write poetry let's let's talk about getting getting more men and i do too classes. yeah well didn't they don't they dominated it for a while right and then well, yeah as all things yeah i want them to write poetry now and then i want them to be like non-political and non-self-flattering <laughs> so we <laughs> hear the truth Totally. Which they weren't in the past. Yeah. Uh, wait, this also, <laughs> it's just like all of the fucking ways that we make people perform. It's like we lose the truth. That's mm -hmm. all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. So all the men's poetry right now is like, I am killing my misogyny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, what else? <laughs> Every day I believe Tell me about your eating habits. more and more. <laughs> Write a poem about how you had mac and cheese four times this week. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Write a poem about your BMX like, bike, that's dude. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, write about the porn you watch. Like, come on, let's get real. I know, I know, I know. Real. Let's unpack. Um, I just, I don't know. But in every way, like, or also, okay, the new Kendrick album, like, yeah. there was cancel culture themes. Right. Like, he straight up said multiple times, like, I'm tired of talking about this. And, and then we get a new said, album from Kendrick. That's what he said when all that shit was going down initially. He was like, I'll be here when it's over or something. Do you remember that quote? When they no asked way. Him? Let me see I don't. if I can find it. I can it. try to find it. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I even also Lana Del Rey. It's like we have a whole season of Lana Del Rey defending herself against shit that, like, doesn't even fucking hold you know what I mean it's like I don't think Lana Del Rey or Kendrick should be held to this standard of politics that they're not even you know mm -hmm. these minor cancels of like whatever but what I'm saying is like we have to now all of us have gone through this season of watching our favorites like artists and writers and just artists and writers in general kind of process 
a world that's censoring them or that they have to always defend themselves, you know? Yeah. So now we have all this work about self-defense and cancel culture and problematic. And it's like, okay, can we go back to talking about our lives, please? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, because it's, that's how it's you not. relate to people is on the, like, individual small things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I can't Yeah, real it. stuff. Because it doesn't read as art anymore. It reads as, like, self-defense and, like, proving the self, which is never really interesting. You know what I mean? Like it's never interesting to, to get on a stage and be like, you guys, I'm good, I promise, or right. I'm thinking about this, I, you know, and it's like, okay, let's get through it, we, we all care, like, <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board. Um, but I felt that so hard with Kendrick, like, when I listened to the album, I was like, oh, he's talking about cancel culture, too, like, no wonder he had writer's block for two years, I mean, that's what he said, you know, yeah. because it's like, well, who am I now? Yeah, yeah, I haven't <sighs> listened to it because I've been sick, and I'm like, I know that I want to be, like, a present for it and not like spacing out yeah um yeah you're gonna want yeah that'll be nice I've been Um, on the walk my walks with Joey which is the only time I've left the house and both two times in the past two days I've just spaced out staring at like far away things and there's been like a dog walking Mm. up behind us and Joey's like you know started to do her whole song and dance but I'm like I never space out on walks (laughs) but I'm just like standing in the middle of the street spacing out staring at something it's like (laughs) somebody take me inside (laughs) Oh, yeah. like a, like my dementia neighbor. Literally, literally. So cute. Um, yeah, I can't it's find It's rare it. that you're out of it. I know, it's, <laughs> believe know, me, it's weird. You're Miss Sharp. I know. I, I also I'm kind of happy like for you, you get to. <laughs> I had this thing with Chris where people like have checked up on me, but like not that much. And I had this moment with Chris where I was like, I don't think it's because people don't care. I think it's because people just think I'm good. Like, and think of me as sort of the About person what? that checks up. What? what oh, what? people don't, are not checking up. They're like checking up, but like not really, like a little bit. Or like checking up and literally acting okay. as if like I'm not sick and I've had to remind people like I actually am sick still. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, okay, you know, I love that you bring that up because I thought about checkup vibes because this girl I follow on Tumblr her mom got diagnosed with cancer like a month ago Mm. and she wrote a post and she was like I'm surprised how many people didn't check up on me and she's like it's not about what is said it's just that something is said she was like and what's weird is my bully from middle school checked up on me and certain people who I would expect more so didn't Mm. and I just but it made me I don't have any cohesive thoughts but yesterday I did spend a good portion of time being like have I missed out on checking up on anybody do I care when people check up on me and I will say during COVID, it was really apparent who checked up on me. Like, I remember yeah. those people. Yeah. And do you feel that way? Like, does it feel like a big deal to you? It does. It really does. And I've experienced that, like, when my mom, or sorry, when my dad was sick with cancer, it really struck me who was able to hold that. And it was obviously a longer term thing. And I don't begrudge those people now because we were all, like, so young and we weren't able to, like, it was really mm-hmm. hard. Like, it was a really hard situation, and I don't... I've, like, really forgiven everyone, but that was really trippy to see. But this was, like, such a simple thing that a lot of people have already gone through. And when people got sick mm-hmm. that I knew, I made an effort to check up on people because I know what it feels like to go through something and not be checked up on. Like, And so I just feel like it's a really important thing to do, and and it effect it just it's just nice to know that someone out there thought of you once in the day like it doesn't need to be like Mm -hmm. you know 
obviously, like, it would have been nice if someone had been like, can I bring something by? I had one friend that literally, the moment she found out I got sick, sent her, her boyfriend over because she was, like, at a play or something. And she, she was like, I'm actually going to send him over and just dropped everything off that she thought I would need. And that brought me to my mm. knees. And, and it's just because it's just, mm. it's just nice. But I don't even need that. I just think it's, like, it's such a human thing of just being like, hey, I'm thinking of you. That's that's all. Yeah. You know, and I think some people are afraid to check up because they're going to think, like, especially in L.A., it's like, oh, is this going to take time out of my day? Are they going to fucking need something? Like, I don't have time to go mm-hmm. drop something off. Like, I don't have time to, like, you know, sit with them on the phone. And it's like, that's such a weird L.A. mindset, but I do think that's part of it is, like, people being afraid of, like, giving up their yeah. time, you know? <clears throat> it could also be the fear of bringing to attention to something negative do you know what I mean like yeah oh I'm not sure if I should check like I don't know if that's real because the connection being made in my brain right now is to like shame and like how shame is the feeling of not being able to look at something so you can't Mm -hmm. even process it Mm -hmm. and then I guess in this situation I'm thinking it's similar in the sense that like oh someone's going through something and a part of you is just like I can't even look at it or I, I don't even want to make us look at it Mm-hmm. you know yeah. even being sick is not that big of a deal but you're like oh maybe they just want to get through it and like it'll be over soon or like your dad being sick it's like do they want to talk about it do they want to pretend like everything's normal like yeah I'll just wait till it's over and act normal you know like I think that there's some of that at play too yeah of course and I, it's also like it's like I don't want to bring attention yeah and not being not wanting to be also the like weird toxic positivity thing that is sort of dying out but is still there of like, I don't want to be the negative one to bring up the fact that like you're sick or your dad's (laughs) sick or like you're going through a hard time. And it's like, if chances are, if you're going through a hard time, it's already like on your mind. (laughs) They're like, I don't want to flaunt my privilege in front of you. (laughs) I don't want to be healthy in front of you because that can make you worse. That could trigger you. Yeah. Literally. I think my health could trigger your... Yeah, there's many reasons. It is very interesting. It is, yeah. But I feel like it is something more complex than just, like, I don't want to. But I don't know. It could be both. It could be, I don't know. I, I don't think know. it's a lot of different reasons. Who is checking? And I don't... Uh, yeah. Or people just also genuinely don't like me. And they're, <laughs> and they're severity. <laughs> no, it's definitely more complex I think it's also the like you said the misjudgment of the severity like always thinking someone's okay like yeah oh we're not checking on James because it's not like she's in the hospital or she's not like an unhealthy person you know what I mean it's like I'm not worried about it so why would I perform worry right right when in reality it's just performing care which is exactly that's Um, so I love yeah write that on a billboard somebody (laughs) (laughs) New tote bag from Sunshine Shop. <laughs> performing care. <laughs> not performing warriors, performing care. Perform care. <laughs> it's on the butt of some sweatpants. <laughs> Perform care. <laughs> oh my god. That's where we're at. Literally. It's like, you know what else? It's like when people say stay safe to me and it pisses me off because I'm like, well, now I'm thinking about it. Right. It's the same thing. Stay safe. When they're being so caring creepy. and yeah. I'm just like, shut up. I don't like, yeah, because it implies a lack of safety. I like take care or I like love positive take care. language. Take care. I love take care. Take care or like have a good trip because obviously a good trip would be a safe one. Yeah. I have to pee. Okay. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll pee too. <laughs> uh, James just remarked, we just had a little laugh attack because she said that we're just drag dragging people today. <laughs> dragging anonymous. Uh, 
<laughs> dragging people with love, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, Co- COVID has changed me, that, and now I drag people. <laughs> it's been 40 minutes, and we haven't even talked about what we were going to talk about. Oh, my God. But okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it feeds into, this whole conversation feeds into what we really were. Absolutely. We it's were a, getting it's at. It's a lead-up. <laughs> um, um, we also were talking about how it's we're surprised this story didn't break any bigger, but it's probably because so much other bigger stuff is going on or stuff that you're, you should be talking about more. Right. But the right. is it Dumois? That's how you pronounce it. I think it. it's Dumois, yeah. Du, which I also fucking hate. <laughs> yeah. Dumois' identity um, was revealed. So if you don't know, Dumois has been existed for years, and it's just it like grew into this huge Instagram, private Instagram, where it's like self-generated tabloids it's people emailing yeah. this person who is revealed to be a woman named melissa lavallo <laughs> uh and say that three times fast um and it's basically you sign on you go in there and there's just reports of like Oh, I saw <laughs> I saw Johnny Depp at a restaurant. There's like a blurry yeah. photo of him in a corner. It could also not be him. Uh, I heard this person's getting married, or there's gonna be a wedding here. Guess who it is? It's a lot of guessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought that it was like really gonna be really strong tea. I think like three years ago I looked at it for the first yeah. time. Like I followed it. They approved me. I was like, I'm in. It's and it's I was open just welcomed now. By some of the most empty content I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's, it's open it's, now? Now it's public because you can just... I, I, should look I at followed it. it a while ago and then unfollowed it and it's still it's still there. Um, and now it's like becoming kind of a media? Like, it seems like they do events. They're having an HBO Yeah, they show. like sold a thing to HBO. They have a fucking coffee table book coming out, I think. Um, hey, let me look up. What would you put in a Dumois coffee table book? I just exactly. I'm is that true? Did I make like I just need a book is coming out. Oh, a non please, <laughs> a novel. Well, I guess it could be mm. one of those things where it's like not like this person writes. Let's see. Let's see what the okay. It's coming out. Rush. Da da da. To be adapted. Let's see. I'm just like oh, how do you? It's a fake. It's fiction. Oh. Hmm. Oh, they it's sort of like Devil it. Wears Prada <laughs> vibes. Okay, yeah, then it's going to be a show. So it's kind of just like, yeah, Gossip Girl, oh. Dev- Devil Wears Prada type tale. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like a, a selection of their best <laughs> tea. <laughs> I know, I was like, that would be really... So did the book do so well? <laughs> I never heard I of think it. it- I've never heard of it. When did it come out? Publication date. <laughs> a oh, non, it hasn't please. published yet. 11 8 oh, okay. 2022. Okay, so it's later in the year. The book and the movie are happening this year. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to see the what the book is about. From the creator. Okay, here. Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I mean, good for her. <laughs> yeah, I mean. She took it this far. The internet... The Twitter to fucking book pipeline. I guess they're not even Twitter, though. They're more Instagram, huh? Oh, okay. Okay, so it is kind of about... Okay, so the the overview of the book. 
From the creator of Dumois comes a charming debut novel that's the perfect combination of Devil Wears Prada, Gossip Girl, Smile, and Look Pretty. When Cricket Lopez, assistant to one of the most notorious celebrity stylists, revamps her old-fashioned Instagram account, turns it into a source for celebrity gossip on a drunken whim, she never thinks it will become anything. Da-da-da-da. I'm just trying to, it's a long bio. Though no one knows she's behind the account, its newfound success quickly wreaks havoc on her real life. Her boss wonders why she's disappearing. Her friends are increasingly irritated by her dedication to the account. She has celebrities approaching her nonstop. Steamy new love interest, who she meets through her online persona, and she doesn't know if she can trust his motives. Ooh. I mean, it could be good, <laughs> and it's going to be a movie, so. Yeah. They liked it. Um <clears throat> But I'm, I'm glad she did something <laughs> with the vibes, but Dumois itself. <laughs> We're here to analyze Dumois' success, which it's, is I'm looking at both the of stories us now, and it's so fucking weird because they, they really say nothing. They just say nothing. They're sort of just like... That's what I don't understand. Yeah. I, like, I literally got there, and I was like ready for some fun, and it was literally just like random anons being like anon please a show might be canceled this week we'll be so sad it's like there's a fucking million shows i don't give a fuck about shows <laughs> yeah. and then also yeah. people it's very clear that like out of like 20 things sent maybe like one to three are actually true if that and yeah. it becomes i realize like it's like gambling <laughs> it's like gossip right. oh gambling. yeah we talked about this it's the slot machine brain yeah. but with gossip yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, all of these are non-things. Anyone could say anything. People could also just be have bad eyesight. And also things could be discussed and not true. Like, I don't know. And uh, I was just, I think for me, two things were really interesting about it, which I was like in a time of self-generated celebrity, like where we have like mm-hmm. influencers and like celebrities sort of maintaining their celebrity through their own social media platforms. And like everything is like self-maintained celebrity. It wasn't like that before. It's like, of course, the tabloids are now going to cut out the middleman in the same way. Mm -hmm. And now we have self-generated tabloids, which are just random, unpaid, unreliable people. It's just crowdsourcing gossip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crowdsourcing content. Yeah. And it's like, who who gets to win is Dumas gets to have a book and a movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think... But she got um, revealed... Yeah. yeah, You do think what? Well... The thing that struck me is, like, the thing, the thing that Dumois does is it makes everyone on the lookout for these people. And then if you go to Dumois, you feel like, oh, everyone's seeing a celebrity every day. Like, everyone's surrounded by these celebrities. We're all living amongst them. They're doing the same mm-hmm. things we're doing. They're not wearing makeup. And it, like, it expands the parasocial relationship and makes people feel more entitled to celebrities and, like, mm-hmm. makes people feel more entitled to, like, what they want the celebrities to be. Which is, which is yes. like, the unhealthy version of, like, being a fan. No, I even, I wrote here, I said celebrity gossip is just an extension of their on-screen performance, but without consent. It's a fan mm-hmm. base, and when I say fan base, I refer to both haters and lovers that want more from, from their point of interest. And if yeah. you think about it, it's like fan fiction. People love Harry Potter, and when they read all the series, what do they have left? It's just their ideas and their imagination and their fantasies of where it could right. go, and they go and write <laughs> fan fiction. And that's harmless because it's a bunch of you know people getting together <laughs> about characters. fictional characters, yeah. right? And then this yeah. is the characterization and like fan fiction of real people. Yeah. Um, my other thing too is like. Okay, celebrities are among us. You never know when someone you're dating or someone you're friends with is, like, their cousin. It's, like, 
why put yourself in the position to like be a celebrity gawker when like I don't know like that's such an awkward thing to do to yourself is to be like I'm a person who like gawks at celebrities it's like then you're just I don't know like what happens when you're at the wedding I don't know and like someone's there like you go and write to Dumois you don't just act like a human being like I just don't it's a weird thing to do (laughs) it's so it's so odd it's such a weird impulse to just feel like that makes any maybe it just feels like you can validate your experience if you can like instead of texting your friend you're you know dming this account with 1.5 million followers like maybe it's a form of validation and but it doesn't really take into account the ripple effect that that has it's a very selfish like it's a very selfish thing to do it's because imagine being a celebrity and just thinking like i can't even imagine how paranoid these people must be (laughs) you know at at any moment they could you know drop a fucking croissant on their foot and think like oh my god someone's gonna put to Dumois and then what will people think and like they're gonna see me as a messy bitch you know it's like I just (laughs) like the incentive the what's funny is the incentive is also non-existent and yet I think attention is enough of an incentive to like report to a page and like contribute to its like power and like you know it's like just I don't know um what I find interesting is that they were exposed after being on Z-Way and <laughs> saying that they didn't have any black friends, which here's the thing is I knew Dumois was not going to be like a cool city person with like youth because Dumois is like not a cool name. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah. it's like someone who's like French, <laughs> French is cool. You know, it's like, yeah, you know. Someone in, like, a Jotem, like, shirt, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, Paris nobody love. with... I don't think any genuine, like, tastemakers or anything would be a Dumois. I actually, like, thought it was a young... I remember when I looked at it, I was like, this has to be, like, like a 15-year-old with, like, Starbucks in her hand. Like, it just was <laughs> <Right>. so... Uh, <laughs> it started... So, that so was, the I guy knew. who revealed it is... It's B... If you want to read the article, it's bnet.subsec.com, and you can just Google that or you know google subsec dumois um expose but it's funny mm-hmm. because dumois started in 2013 and so it's, it is a really outdated mm-hmm. aesthetic the 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 dumois is <laughs> so early <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah um oh, and I, it, hate it. It, I hate it i hate it it's terrible it's terrible it's, terrible. it's, it's terrible. so annoying <laughs> dumois period <laughs> French word, period. (laughs) It just literally means, like, to me, right? I know. I don't even think it's... It doesn't even make sense. Also, like, how is it... Because there's there's the brand do with an I in it. Right, right, right. Is there, like, a different... Is it spelled wrong? What's to? Maybe there is a spelled wrong. Do moi, which translates to to me from French. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That's so funny. To me. Well, I guess it's like you sent a message to me because <laughs> that's the whole platform. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all it is. It's not celebrity gossip. It's you sent me a message. <laughs> and I'll post it. It's so funny. The Substack where they expose is uh, it says they've done, it has 1.5 million followers. They've done this largely by popular, popularizing a 
type of extremely mundane gossip. A large amount of Dumois' blind items are about how a follower ran into a celeb a few years ago and they were so nice. <laughs> or they weren't nice. Or it describes what they ordered for lunch. One emblematic <laughs> tip stuck in my head is when someone wrote in to report seeing Joe Biden in Washington, D.C., the capital city of the United States, where he currently serves as president, vice president, and senator. <laughs> so it's just like, oh saw Joe Biden in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> Also, so I have so many stories worthy of Dumas. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, many. Of course. And I yeah. have, there's no part of me that wants to share it. I will share it with a friend who's like, you know, oh my God, yeah. Brad Pitt. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I served him. <laughs> like, you have no, served literally. so many celebrities. I have served so, so many celebrities many. because yeah. we both worked in the west side of Los Angeles. Um, it's constant, right? And it's like... Yeah. I don't, maybe that's the difference. Maybe for us, it's so, it's just part of living in Los Angeles. Yeah, but I do think, like, I feel like when I was following Dumois, again, I followed it for probably a month because then I just was like, I'm going to self-loathe if I keep following this. But it, it feels like a lot of people being, like, served, like, Jennifer Aniston at, like, you know, Spago. And it's like, bitch, if you're working Mm -hmm. at a high-end restaurant, get over yourself. Like, it's you're gonna see so many celebrities and you have to stop obsessing over who you see and like what they ate and if they were nice because then you're just tormenting yourself like the amount of people that I saw working at in Brentwood it was every day it was every day and Mm. so like I don't know it doesn't it just it loses its sheen and I think it's sort of it's I don't know I really just don't know I and what has a lot of like, like energetic implications. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, that's what and it is. It's, like, you can't really define logically, like, oh, you go home and say something, like, that's not a big deal, but it's, like, the energy that's created, especially in my experience with people who are so obsessed with, like, a celebrity sighting or, like, you know, someone who thinks it's, like, a, a braggable trait that you fucking served a celebrity, like, as opposed to yeah. just kind of, like, a silly story or, like, a happening, like you know, that's worthy of, like, broadcast, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just creates I a weird think vibe. That <laughs> there's also this uh, thing of, like, people who say, oh, this person was so mean. It's like, I've had a handful of celebrities be either mean to me or I've seen them just be, like, drunk and, you know, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to go report it because it's like, I, I, maybe they had a fucking bad day. And the problem with celebrities is they're so used to living in public that they don't know how to, like, tamp things down in public. You know, like, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to publicly out them for whatever because I I only saw them once in a restaurant or, a, mm-hmm. you know, for a few hours when they were hanging out with their family. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it's fair. Like, I don't think it's fair to be like, I asked a person for a, a picture all of a sudden out of nowhere while they were with their family at dinner and they were mean and said no. It's like, well, maybe they've yeah. had enough. <laughs> right, right, Cause right. Because the right, thing right. about fan interactions is, like, they're unnatural. Like, it's yeah, not, so I think weird. people think that, it's not like a flattering moment of, like, um, you know, two people vibing out. It's like one person mm-hmm. minding their own business and then being interjected by an energy that actually has nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? Totally. And yeah, it's totally. wonderful. Like these these fans, they make the career, they're wonderful, everyone's grateful, but the interaction in the moment is not, it's just not what people think it is. It's not a nice, true interaction between two people. It's an interaction yeah. between like a symbol and their projecting audience 
which yeah. has lost all capacity for understanding like respect and boundaries in that moment and is mm-hmm. now going to just do anything to get a picture or uh, yeah. a moment or something and report no, it. I mean, for s- I've seen celebrities that like, I've seen celebrities that I've known get a photo take, get interrupted in their moment of just living, get a photo taken. And then the moment after, and like, the celebrities like don't like talk shit about that person, but it's clearly just like a weird thing where it's like, okay, the celebrity is just trying to like have their after dinner moment or literally eat dinner with their family. And all of a sudden it's just like (laughs) someone's coming over with like a fucking camera and being like, can you look nice for my thing that will be immortalized? Because people, when they have celebrity photos, they're immortalized. (laughs) It's like totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so easy to get a bad photo of you out there. That sucks. And it's just by some yeah. person you didn't even want to, like, deal with in that moment anyways. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> um, but back to, like, okay, I want to, like, stay with, like, the Dumois, like, right, what it course, says right. about people. And I think it's definitely, like, the slot machine brain. Mm. But I think, if anything, it really proves that, like, like, people love to act like celebrity gossip is about, like, bringing them down a notch and, like, getting, like, insights and, and, and like, reflecting. But it's, like, I think the success of Dumois just points to, like, how that's just so fucking untrue. Like, anyone out there is just, like, in fan fiction brain, gambling brain, just, like, I don't know, like, on this shit. Like, I think, I don't, you know, like, it's not, like, a noble cause. And I, I think that's fine but it's like admit it you know what I mean like don't be out here being like I'm exposing this person because I care about like celebrity truth and like we should look up to the right people it's like no bitch you just want to like hear about what fucking you know Angelina Jolie was eating and for some reason (laughs) (laughs) you know right and it's funny because I think you sent this to me when we were doing research but uh it's like Dumois has said in the past that it's just entertainment but that if you look at look at their bio it says curators of pop culture so it's like no you've accepted this sort of weird pedestal that people have put you on instead of reminding people actively that like I don't even think I personally don't think it's entertaining and I don't think it's like natural to be entertained <laughs> like you know what's very it's like- fascinating about this and I will <laughs> give her props for this mm-hmm. is that at face value like factually logically physically whatever Dumas is just like a shitty unreliable like gossip message board right but Mm. she has managed to like capitalize off of the vibe of it Mm -hmm. which is so smart do you know what I mean like because when you think of Dumois you're like oh there's some anonymous like person like posting gossip regardless of the fact that like half the gossip is bullshit the woman's (laughs) obviously not like a cool gal we all want to hang out with like you know what I mean like but yet she has taken the vibe and made it into a fiction a fiction book that has really nothing to do with the format of her site you know what I mean it's just like a story and has yeah. that adapt like that's like genius and like good for her in that way you know but totally, that just shows yeah. you it's like we're selling vibes out here yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know She's, she figured out we're how to make the opportunity vibes. you know larger than it could have been mm-hmm. um no it, i will give her credit for that um here you go melissa and 
Okay, but I will. I do want to talk about the Z-Way episode, and we can talk about Chet in that episode. But oh, yeah, yeah. in the newer, and it was a Z-Way. I literally got Showtime just to watch the Chet episode because the screen caps were so funny. And <laughs> I know Chet is like a relatable. We all know a Chet if you grew up on the west side of Los Angeles. There are yeah. many Chets among us. Um, yeah. He is just he literally to the T is like somebody I know. Um, yeah, but. I wanted to watch Chet, and it was a Chet and Dumois episode, and so they had, this was before, this was like two weeks before she was revealed, mm-hmm. and Z-Way interviews her. I wonder if it was someone her. who, like, infiltrated the Z-Way universe, who were able, oh no, I guess it was this guy. Well, I'm, this I'm is, saying I'm acting as if we don't know who cracked code, <laughs> there's a whole something. Well, no, because it seems like, okay, after Z-Way, even if this is just like an energetic thing, the whole thing about the interview that everyone was talking about was like, so Dumois had a voice changer that made them sound like some like alien robot, couldn't mm-hmm. tell if it was a girl or a boy, um, clearly was either like a gay man or like a woman, because it's just yeah. the way that they were like, um, yeah. yeah. And, but then Z-Way says, do you have any black friends? And Dumois says, no, but you can be my friend. We're friends, right? And to me, yeah. I was like, okay, this just kind of proves how, like, out of touch this person is because I just feel like it's so hard not to have black friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, like, a city girl, it's like, yeah. where are you? Is she you know in what I mean? New York? Is that the whole thing or, or no? We don't even know. She might not be, but that's that's what we think, right? Which that's is actually yeah. hilarious because, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Where <laughs> is Melissa Lavallo based? <laughs> But that's the thing is you imagine this, like, creative New York girl that's, like, you know, because, you, yeah. like, if you're in any creative industry, like, there's black people, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you're a cool fashion person or, like, in any, it's, like, there's black people, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, so yeah. where the hell is she? You know what I mean? Like, is she in, like, suburban, you know, she was a captioning agent on LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Wait, is this her LinkedIn? Idaho. Oof. I don't know. It's so funny because when you were trying to think of a place, I was like Idaho. <laughs> but I didn't no, say it's it. not her. I don't, think. Um, I don't think this is her. <sighs> Socialite. But from what? Well, we don't know what city she's from. Anyways, I thought it was funny that after she kind of had. <laughs> was, was the other person was like the daughter of a New York socialite. Um, it says on the Substack, but the person who's currently oh, okay. running it, I don't even know if she's based in New York still. I think at one point she was, but I don't. We don't obviously know anything. Yeah, and now. probably yeah. now, you know. Um, but what I find funny is just the timeline of like being questioned by Z-Way, saying <laughs> you have no black friends, which is just kind of like, okay, what? And then you know, and I'm not saying that it's problem. Here's the thing: is it's like Z-Way asked the question in the context of it being like problematic to either say you do or don't. Mm-hmm. But, like, how I see it is, like, there's just no way to be a cool person in a city and not just have black people around you that you develop relationships with. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, the creative industries are, like, dominated by these people. So, to me, it was just kind of an awkward moment of, like, oh, I thought you were a cool, young city girl. And now I I realize maybe maybe you're not, you know? Mm -hmm. And so after that, she gets exposed. And I thought that was funny because so much of expose right now is about, like, race and, like, yeah. This is a white person. And that's I almost feel like that's what it took, whether energetically or logically. Yeah. For like everyone to be like, it's a white woman. <laughs> it's a middle-aged white lady. I think also just the <laughs> fact that like cuz the person who did the Substack basically said like 
they have made a living off of taking privacy away from people and yet they're completely Mm -hmm. anonymous. And I think it was sort of this tip uh, of the iceberg with, or the breaking point with Z-Way where it was like, are you kidding me? You're just going to come on Z-Way with like a fucking voice changer? Like you take yourself that seriously. That's really what it is. It's like you're taking yourself that seriously. True. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think, well, the anonymity, right? You could imagine anyone and you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I thought it was, like, a group of people or, like, a PSC, like, gay guy or something. Like, that's what people thought. Mm. Like, they thought it was, like, some snarky gay in, like, New York. And you just think of all the people that it could be. And then when you find out that it's someone that you don't really relate to or, like, jive with, then you don't really relate to their message anymore, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're like, wait, is this something that, like, middle-aged white women with, like, you know, no black friends, like, do? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, wait, like, I'm doing something that they do, you know? Like, I think that's what people imagine. Yeah, and puts into question the entire community and, like, who to, would take the time to actually report these things. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's such an incredible illusion to have shattered. I um, know. And it didn't get, like you said, didn't get much coverage. I did see, I think I texted you uh, a tweet about someone getting blocked and Dumas replied and said, I'm blocking everyone who comments on, like, related to this story or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the best thing they could have done is been like, oh, we kind of started with that lady, but now we're a team of people or something. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, so they Dumas. haven't really said anything. They're just sort of going on as if nothing has happened. Right. Yeah. It's crazy that they have merch. I wonder if anyone's ever bought it. Because <laughs> that's what like, came up on my internet search, like shopping, and it's just like a shirt that says, like, Dumois, period. Yeah. What a strong, <laughs> what a strong movement. And I'm oh, over it. Period. I also don't want celebrities to be, I don't know, it's like kind of annoying that they're so, it's like in everyone's attempt to like make celebrities less, relevant they're making them more relevant like I just feel like they're always in the room now (laughs) when before it was like you had to go out of your way to kind of I'm just like they're always like like people have just tried so hard to bring them down to like a human standard that now they're just like yeah now there's like like a Instagram story where you spend hours of your day watching these tiny little things that say Anon please like this person walked I saw this one that was like I saw this guy walking down the highway with a girl. Like, she was tan and blonde and then and petite. And then another one that was, like, I saw this guy walking down the highway with this girl. She was, like, like short and, like, like it was, like, basically, like, saying she was, like, had, I don't know, maybe a brunette. So they were, like, the stories weren't corroborated, but she was posting it anyway. <laughs> and I'm just, like, this is so dumb. Yeah, no, the stuff, I remember when I first joined, I was like, don't you, like, go through these and, like, pick the only, like, it didn't seem like she was picking the ones that were, like, juicy and good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was like, I don't understand. And then I'm thinking, like, you have to be really, really glued to celebrity if you're going to recognize the person who says, like, blonde from big show. Uh, Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, the blonde from the big show. (laughs) Okay, guys. It is kind of funny in that way, too. It's almost like contemporary, like, art to be, like, blonde from big show. It's like, I guess right. that is really what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Just boiling <laughs> so it down true. to its part. But yeah, once again, props to her for capitalizing on a vibe, because that's really what everything is these days, right? 
It's not yeah. about the fact if you have, like, a wonderful functioning gossip media channel. It's how you make people feel. And she made people feel like she was a snarky little queen <laughs> in high-heeled boots. <clears throat> it also just feels like the natural set of evolutionary steps where the tabloids created the monster and now it's just evolving. You know, it's not really, like, mm-hmm. she's so singular in... <laughs> in thinking that she can follow celebrities around like paparazzi have been doing it now for decades and totally. it, so it's sort of just like yeah like I, I I get how this happened it's not surprising but it is a bit surprising yeah. how mundane things are if anything it just shows like how mundane <laughs> everything in the, the entire whole world is <laughs> Also, okay, at least paparazzi were hired and had an incentive. She is the only one benefiting from this. You know what I mean? Like, she, like, once again, good for her. Capitalize on the vibe, did it, is probably making bank right now. Yeah. But everyone who's reporting and kind of giving, (laughs) like, their parts of their life, like, giving, like, minutes of their life, sometimes hours, maybe, to engaging with this, it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, you're just I mean, if it's entertainment, you know. I just, I still think, even if it's just entertainment and it's just chill, I still don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think it's I really undignified. Don't. And I think I would be surprised to find if I had any, like, Dumois addicts as friends. I just don't think I do. <laughs> I know. I also, know. someone who, who's addicted to Dumois is like, oh, I just hate fucking saying it. Dumois. 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 Stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's. they're like someone who's addicted to celebrity gossip in like a malicious way of like a gotcha way of like you know I'm like I wouldn't trust them with me because gossip is not just with celebrities it's like amongst friends and like you know and groups and it's like okay so if you just love like the high of talking about shit it's like well what are you gonna do if I like tell you a secret and you like meet up with someone we both know and talk about me you know what I mean like yeah Exactly. Like, gossip is, like, still crazy when it's not on a celebrity level. Like Totally. Bitches be talking, like... <laughs> no, it's all Even in this trust. small town, the gossip is, like, people... Like, the gossip here is such high value because of it's a little fucking town. Like... Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch out. <laughs> Man. It's really so crazy. Funny. It's also, like, I do think I don't... My mom was really big on not gossiping growing up, so I just was raised in such a mm-hmm. monastic environment in that way. But I I think, you know, you, everyone can be like, well, gossip is the thing that we all started initially talking about and, like, we're just human. And it's sort of like, but do you, do you still want to be the, like, Neanderthal that was running around, like, probably like stoning people also <laughs> like yeah, clubbing women in the back of the heads right. and having sex with them like <laughs> like we we're, we're beyond that it's so Sir. yeah oh my god <laughs> you know, when people use the primal example it's like well you know everything else you're fighting for was also okay yeah <laughs> um yeah gossip 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 i mean go- no one can lie like gossip is super fun but like I think I used to be more gossipy when I was younger. I don't know what changed, but there definitely was a point where I just, I literally feel a deep sadness when I hear someone gossiping on someone in a malicious light or in a hateful light or in a very, like, 
like to me it's just so gross like I feel this ickiness when I hear someone gossiping about someone in a way that implies like oh I would never do that or oh my god did you hear what she did I can't like I just feel this like literally like this like physical like like ew (laughs) you know yeah because it's just so fake and dumb like you know like oh I'm not capable of that I would never it's like god just Mm -hmm. but I do think reflective gossip is fun and you and I have talked about this and essentially like there is a way to talk about people in a compassionate way that says like not like oh my god like he divorced her I bet she was like so annoying and stupid but being like oh my god like they had a breakup like you know, yeah. I know what it's like after a breakup, you know, like when we talked about Kanye, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. like mentally ill freak. And I'm like, just look at the times you had a shitty fucking breakup. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a way to be reflective with gossip, I think. And like, you know, look at human psychology without putting yourself in the p- position of some like virtuous fucking e- Dumois. Yeah, not taking the opportunity Dumois. to like, put yourself on a pedestal. Um, do moi do moi do moi right now she's in paris blogging from a uh, i wish i had a croissant right now uh blogging from a little cafe is she really (laughs) no i'm just like imagining like the aesthetic that it makes (laughs) sense her age too i think she's like 36 or something it like also makes sense because she comes from a time where like those aesthetics were hot you know like gossip girl like High-heeled boots, like, gossip, celebrity, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're in a time where, like, celebrities are, like, terrified of gossip and, like, just want to, like, <laughs> be in a sauna in silence with trusted friends. I know. Just, like, go to the desert forever. Psychosis. <clears throat> Dude, there's a celebrity out here that, like, I, whatever. No, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> but there's a celebrity out here. Oh, there's multiple celebrities out here. But there's one where it's just, like, they have allowed themselves to be so vulnerable in terms of what they have and the people that come through their lives and property. And I just can't believe that they haven't been outed yet. And I'm oh, grateful wow. that the Dumas sentiment does not exist amongst hippies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, like, the story that could be made from them would just break it would just be great like it would just yeah. tmz would buy it like you know what i mean like right. the gossip but and they're so they don't have boundaries with their space that much and i just it really amazes me and but i think it's just the sentiment of being out here is like yeah you know but you never know what's gonna happen i feel for them um in that yeah way, when you're in when you're in an intimate community you have to like actually be a part of it otherwise you get ostracized because it's people worry that something's wrong with you (laughs) oh absolutely yeah like out here it's actually yeah it's like more valuable to and in many places I mean I guess the whole non please is why but in so many places it's makes you valuable and trusted when you're not a snitch or a spy yeah yeah (laughs) clearly it's okay you know what it is it's the true snitch behavior like Dumont adds to that it's like Mm -hmm. cancel culture at its best is justice and at its majority it's just snitching yeah exactly exactly it's opportunistic snitching yeah i just don't want a snitchy culture you know yeah it's it's unless it is necessary (laughs) you know yeah exactly it's there's something that we've we've lost so much privacy too with with social media and Mm -hmm. i think 
Dumois just makes that more normalized, and that's absolutely... Mm -hmm. We need to go back to everyone just having a little bit more, like, privacy and, like, sacred spaces and things that people can... Dignity, yeah. And it's not just, like, I'm not being, like, so people can act crazy, but it's, like, again, if you go to Dumois, Mm -hmm. most of these reports aren't people with, like, valid reports. It's just people spying. (laughs) Dude, another thing, too, is, like, Somebody actually made a tweet about this today regarding what happened in Texas and, like, shootings. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, we always talk about, we talk about so much, but we hardly talk about um, the internet activity of these kids and that they're on 4chan and Reddit under anonymous accounts saying whatever the fuck they want with other people who are saying whatever the fuck they want. And, you know, in video game message boards where it's just these dudes alone. And I don't think a lot of these guys are actual, like, shock value incels I think it's just a lot of boys being boys and being not I mean not actual incels like they're doing it for shock value and they're just trying to be bad but they're actually good people but at the end of the day you still create an environment where people who are actually capable of getting a gun and like killing a bunch of children are comfortable you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and that's something that you can't control is like yeah, of course, like, we all grew up around, like, boys who just want to, like, create chaos and whatever, but the end, the, at the end of the day, they're not going to kill anyone, but, yeah. you know, on the internet, there's no, and on Reddit and 4chan, I'm thinking, like, Reddit is very much, I think Dumois has a Reddit, Reddit is now becoming, like, a very kind of, like, gossipy place, yeah. yeah, and then the other side of those websites are, like, these dark, like, video game playing people, or even, like, you know, you hear about the white supremacy 4chans and reddits and it's like would it be helpful to have more accountability online where it's like you can't go on social media unless you literally have a verified profile totally i mean i've always felt that way about reddit (laughs) like from the beginning when my one of my earliest boyfriends was on reddit and i remember Mm -hmm. thinking like this is super freaky to me that there can just be a bunch of anonymous people like this was back when we only had facebook and i was like there needs to be a face attached to a name. And this was, bef- again, before Reddit became, like, this a community. It was just when, you know, it was a bunch of nerds talking about video games for the most part, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, like, this is wrong. Like, this is because you're, you're uninhibited and you can still generate ideas even if it, and it, they feel so, uh the 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 weight of of words isn't as heavy because it's just an anonymous screen and you're just saying something into the void of the internet and no one will ever know it's you that's that's mm-hmm. not that's not normal that's not a human that's not human humans have and there's so ge- much natural that you'll say yeah yeah if you don't have to be accountable to your identity or you're literally like you're being put in a position where what you say you know what, this is actually crazy, because I'm thinking, was it four agreements that says be impeccable with your word, mm-hmm. right? Of course, yeah. Like, we're in a time where, like, your word doesn't have to represent you, because you could pretend you're not you. Oh, God. And no, not only creepy. that, is like, sites like Dumois and all of these, Reddits, whatever, it's like, they can get value from this kind of entity they've created, which supports, yeah, the non-undignified snitchy dark behavior you know because without your identity being possibly questioned like that's the only thing you have like and that goes for like white supremacists and stuff too it's like if they're given spaces to be completely anonymous and rile each other up 
right? Yeah. With no accountability yeah. whatsoever. It's like, I mean, that's how shit changes. Shit changes with, like, people wanting to be accepted and be good people. And if you take away the ability for them to be seen, it's like they can do whatever they want. They can, like, create these spaces. And, yeah. you know, maybe one out of thousands is actually going to act on it, but that's enough. You know? And because the spaces can also, there's no, there's no uh, spatial capacity. Or there's no mm-hmm. limit. Like, so yeah, mm-hmm. you will get uh, the number of people who become radicalized is way higher than before when it's like, again, you had to like meet in, in a dark basement or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. back in the day when <laughs> the Ku Klux Klan was like meeting in basements, there you could only fit like 50 people in there. <laughs> it's like yeah. someone being like, why are there and 50 people in a basement? And you were seen. Your face exactly. was seen. And if someone well, wanted actually, to go in there and spy and on what was crazy. going on. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy because the Ku Klux Klan is the in, an original thing where it's like they would put hoods over their heads to actually do the bad stuff because they didn't want to be seen in yes. public. You know? But they yeah. had to meet in person. Because they, they knew they were know. doing a bad thing. Oh, the internet is a Ku Klux Klan hood. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> It is. It really For some is. people. No, 100,000%. And my next thought, of course, is like, oh, does this mean that we have to give up, like, you know, is this, because the other conversation is like, what, internet, um, what's it called? Uh, like, not being tracked. Oh, uh, yeah, internet privacy, yeah. And I'm like, that shit's already happening. It's been happening. Social security numbers, like, give me a fucking break. Like, we're at the <laughs> point now where it's like 50 million websites have my fucking social security number. Like, <laughs> I don't really have a reaction to, I would much prefer an internet where you had to be a person because then it would actually be social media. It wouldn't just be media. You know what I'm saying? It would be social media. I am a person producing these words and this stuff uh, or this business, whatever. I'm not just some like, yeah, anonymous person. It's, yeah, it's, it's too, it's too much unaccounted, power yeah, I guess exactly and again it's just speak like with absolutely no record no record and there's no repercussions really and again it's just not human it's not it goes against the laws of humanity mm-hmm. like absolutely <clears throat> that's the biggest yeah. thing there is no other place in the world I think the internet needs to compliment complement reality that's the internet that I would like to see is like I love everything to complement yeah. reality right and when we talk about wabi-sabi wabi-sabi complements right. reality right um and yeah it doesn't complement reality no because then you get people who Ooh, camping at the ranch completely acts without reality but in real life situations you get people that become so detached mentally and then they do these horrific acts and people think, how could they have done this? How could they have done this? Because they've been living in an alternate reality for the past four years or whatever. Not, I mean, totally. I'm just throwing out numbers, but like it's, they're detached from, from this space. And also you get teenagers and you give teenagers a, an opportunity to be uninhibited. Teenagers are insane. Teenagers mm-hmm. are insane. <laughs> <sighs> Don't even get me started. There's so much, like, teenager talk right now, and I'm like, do you, are we forgetting that they're, like, hormonal, dramatic freaks? Like, if you want some extremism, like, go into a high school. Like, (laughs) you know, in every capacity, from, like, identity to, like, everything. Like, teenagers are wild, and, yeah, they need to be... No, I mean, I was talking with (laughs) with Chris about this, because Chris hadn't seen the news, because he was on set. 
And so I was like, yeah, this, this person, this thing happened in Texas. And, and he was like, oh, God, like, is it just, like, mental illness? And I was like, no, the kid was 18. Like, that's what it was. Like, you can't just say, like, you can't just write it off as mentally ill. It's like, it's, <laughs> the kids are mentally ill. <laughs> it's like, it's. Well, that's another thing that's happening is we're running, like, this has become so common that we're running out of clear motives that feel unique and, like, like, outliers, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because first it was, like, Columbine was this kid who wrote, like, a manifesto and seemed like he was, you know, wanted to be the next famous serial killer, right? So your motive is, like, oh, this person uniquely so this isn't a common feature this person had some delusions of grandeur some shit like that that's not a common trait okay well let's look out for extremist behavior in people but this isn't common this is rare and then we have the race stuff which is like someone who does a racially motivated and it's like well you have to be like super racist and angry to carry out something like that it's an outlier i don't know anyone like that it'll be okay and then we have kids like this which you know this definitely isn't the first time of someone who you know latino kid goes to a school full of Latino kids, doesn't discriminate on any kind of race, just shoots whoever, mostly Latino kids, um, isn't, you know, clearly mentally ill. Like, obviously, like, I read an article about kind of, like, his family life, and it was bad, but it wasn't deeply Mm -hmm. unique. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this kid was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was on medication and didn't take it and go shoot people. It was like, oh, this kid was, like, dealt with bullying and his mom was on drugs and... You know, he wanted to, he started having this military aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And, like, there were kids like that that I went to school yeah. with, right? That were those, like, shut out, like, military kids. Um, and it's just, like, what do you do when you don't, especially news media and just general public opinion, like, what do you do when it's not an outlier yeah. anymore? Like, when it's not just, like, oh, well, he was racist, but I don't know any racists. Yeah. Or, you know, he was mentally ill, but, you know, if someone was schizophrenic and crazy, I would know. Totally. You know, it's now it's just, like, dude, it could yeah. be anyone. So what do we do now, right? Yeah. Also, kids in general, it's like you have such a you have a such a small capacity to handle big emotions when you're a kid, especially if you're not like in a well-adjusted mm-hmm. environment. And I think about like you know guys I knew, or even girls that were just like off their rocker, and like I don't, they're not like that mm-hmm. now. But they're like, you know, when you're a kid, you just don't know where to put everything that you're feeling. Um, and giving any child, like, power is, I keep saying child, but you know what I mean, like, teenager, um, Mm -hmm. is just an ill idea, like, because, you you know, if there's a reason you don't let people vote or drive or drink alcohol until a certain age, because we all inherently know on a deep level that teenagers are insane, (laughs) and it's just, it's just, it's just so upsetting to think that, you know, you, you can give, because holding a gun is, like, the ultimate power. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And it's, it, the conversation, I think you're so right, is, like, we there's no more outliers. Like, this is just a, a situation of access to power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the outliers, they're almost... They almost, like, feel good because you're, like, oh, it's rare and, like, I'm lucky yeah. and this just won't happen for a while, right? Yeah. Um, but this one doesn't feel that way. Yeah. And that's it, this situation also made me realize, like, how much the outlier narrative is played up, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, like, 
part of kind of comforting a public is being like, oh my God, this is so crazy and it's never going to happen again. Like, this was such a unique, dark case. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And bullying is like a big problem. And I think bullying can also be tied into like, honestly, the kind of uh, culture that things like Dumois or, yeah. you know, a non- uh, racist organizations or a non-gossip like it's just at different degrees you know like obviously like talking shit about uh, Kylie Jenner isn't as bad as you know you know being a, a non-KKK 4chan yeah. or something but like they still both allow people to feel entertained and supported in their like hatefulness yeah. <laughs> you know in their yeah. bullying like being a bully is like not only okay and like doesn't have any repercussions but it's like supported in internet yeah because there's a reward because people find a sick entertainment and then they get upvoted or whatever it's like there's still that game game brain Mm -hmm. of of doing something freaky and that's like also so freaky with like the um, the buffalo shooter like live streaming it and there was another, there have been like several mm-hmm. live streams, um, shootings. And I just think it's so, <laughs> that should be like a huge red flag where it's like the, the internet is, is very tied into all of this. If, if that's part of the plan, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be looking at, at that. Um, and, and it's like a form of entertainment. And I, I saw like, um, there was some show I've never heard of on CBS called FBI that was going to air their season finale and it was going to be um, like a school shooting it was the season finale of a fucking network TV show and then they decided mm. to like not air that episode and then there's um, the showrunner um, and creator of Abbott Elementary which if anyone hasn't seen I recommend it's so cute and so feel good and it's just sweet, feel-good elementary school show. And the showrunner went on Twitter and said, I have been asked by multiple people to do a, sh- a school shooting episode. What is that even... Where does mm. that come from? Like, conflating these things as entertainment. Like, mm. I don't... Uh, <laughs> well, that's a hard one. I always have a hard time with that because I'm always like, okay, there's this like line between like, this is entertainment because we're sharing it and then also like we're telling a story because it's actually happening, you know? Like, I'm always stuck with that argument. Yeah, but I just feel like... Argument. Like, I'm just not I, sure. I just feel like there's a line of, like, certain things that are so horrific that they shouldn't be, like, put on a national pedestal or, like, re-enacted for... Because, yeah. you know, I just don't... I don't agree with that. I also think it ties into the people who, like, do it for yeah. fame. So, like oh, all of a sudden there's actually, like, a mm-hmm. show making a thing about it. Like, that's sort of, like, people winning who want it to be like an entertainment narrative it's glorifying it no I do I definitely see that and people's imaginations aren't most like I think most imaginations like aren't that like vivid or inventive and so it's like just like this kid started developing a military aesthetic it's like if you show someone what's possible like they will do it yeah in a sense so I do, yeah, I guess I feel more on that end now. Yeah, I don't know. Monkey see, monkey do, baby. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Yeah. Dumois. <laughs> Dumois say, Dumois, Dumois. do. Dumois. <laughs> 
do moi. It's just like, I don't know. It's so bad. <laughs> when I hear do moi, I think of like a, a New Jersey person being like, do moi. Do moi. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. That's so funny. I've never. Do, do moi. moi. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Like a mobster one. <laughs> like someone in a fight with their yeah. partner. Yeah, it's like like it's Valentine's Day. He came home with like yeah. nothing for her. You do this every do year, Richie. I just need more for me. I just need you to do more. Duke's Moy. Duke's Moy. X. Uh. <laughs> sips caffeine sips first coffee Brains. in 10 days kind of crazy wanted to make coffee this morning but heard that the water line Ooh. was down and so i didn't want to put all my water in oh. <laughs> i don't know if it's fixed yet. i think it's fixed Ooh. by now but i literally was like wait i need to wash the coffee maker and mm. i need to put milk so i just was like let's just stick to water today yeah there's so much water is so mm. much like we use it so much I don't think about it, but... For everything, we're just really coated in really water. Important. So when I think about water too much, I'm just like, God, this planet. Like, just the fact that it's just like all of our desires are in the wrong place. Oh, I know. You know? I mean, I we we have such a bad drought in L.A. right now that we're having to limit the our water oh, really? usage in with landscaping and stuff. It's like me with my water yeah. line. Yeah. Um... Fucking shit. <clears throat> um, we should just be worshiping water and um, not be going on anonymous internets. Yeah. How do we make... What would be the Dumois equivalent of, like, water worship? <laughs> water. It just wouldn't work. Like, people are just... People just don't think... See nature as powerful anymore. They see influence. Well, and, like, I interpersonal human I will say when I and you sort of do this too but like with the newsletter for a long time I was doing this thing called moments for now which was basically just asking people to anonymously submit a moment where they felt entirely present and it really was a thing it really it really worked (laughs) for a while um but it got too taxing for me to do it yeah that's you know but see that's like yeah, that's like Dumois in the world that compliments reality. Yeah, maybe I should make it an Instagram and make people actually do it again. Because it is, it was really nice. It was really nice. It was all anonymous. Yeah. I will say there was, on the Discord, on the Saiswoon Discord, um, we made a gratitude channel. Aww. Which was like, because we had a confessions channel, which obviously was, you know, a lot of negative stuff. Yeah. like. In term, not negative, but sad right. things. Uh, sad things or, like, shameful things or just people feeling ashamed or sad. And um, someone recommended doing a gratitude channel. And so we did that where it was just like, okay, uh, submit anything you're grateful for throughout the day. And it'll just be received and celebrated and not seen as, like, braggable. Yeah. You know, like, a bra- it's not like a bragging moment. It's a gratitude yeah. moment. And it went really well. And sometimes I'll read it and I just feel so, like, so much better and it's funny how there's just less spaces for, like, celebration and gratitude than there are yeah. for, like, you know, confession and 
finger pointing and you know bullying oh. right it's really wild and like gratitude it's it's like people almost at this point I'm sure you feel this it's like you don't want to share moments where you feel so grateful because you don't want to seem braggy mm-hmm. or insensitive or privileged when the way that those things should be received are like oh there is goodness in the world and this is what I should focus yeah. on you know yeah. what I mean it's also very puritanical to like be against <laughs> gratitude like I think it goes back as far as just like oh totally yeah. people don't even realize sometimes I see people and I'm, I'm like with this cancel culture stuff or like Dumas I'm like you realize you're just still in like puritan mm-hmm. brain like you're trapped in the church yeah <laughs> Um, no, you're so right. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. You're dirty until you're, well, cleansed. Like, you're Puritans and Christianity or whatever, it's like, you're a sinner. You're just a sinner. And, like, you're not one with God. That's the <laughs> whole thing that, that, uh, I was talking to, like, a relative who's, like, not even a relative, but, like, a step-relative, and he's very, um, very, very old-school Catholic, and, um... This was mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I was basically just... He actually was like, do you still go to church? And I was like, no, but I still practice, like, um, my form of, like, worship and everything. And and I just... It, it didn't hit me until... Krav Maga. Yeah, <laughs> I still kidding. practice Krav Maga. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Just... A little bit of Taekwondo on, on the weekends. Um, but... But uh, <laughs> it was just a trippy thing because I hadn't heard someone actually say it, like, from their own mouth until he said it, where he was like, well, you know, like, yeah. my belief is, like, we're not one with God and we're, we're God's creation and, you know, we'll never be that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that'll never be part of us. And I just thought, like, how sad to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know maybe people will come, well, come for that, funny. but, like, um, anyway, go on, yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> what I feel about the sinner thing, too, is, like, it can go two ways. It can be, I'm a sinner, and it's my mission on this earth to, like, be less of a sinner and, and you know, and improve myself. That's a very small portion of people. It was probably way more dominant back when thought was more shared and you could kind of spread things, right? But now it's, like, the other side of being a sinner is, like, I'm a sinner, and that makes sense because everyone's a sinner, and we're all disgusting and gross, so I'll just be more of a sinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It becomes nihilistic these days yeah. when it's no longer it's no longer presented as like an opportunity to like be good, which was the whole point. It was like now it's just like, oh, you're a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all monkey brained yeah. freaks. And uh, you know, if I can get bullied all through school, then I can kill people. I mean, that's the way that people are yeah. now. And it's a lot of entitlement, you know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe being a sinner would take away that entitlement. <laughs> Maybe that was the role of, of God, was to be like, don't get entitled. Yeah. Don't be. I I don't even know, though. I think if you were to actually believe that you were, like, one with God and you were one with other people, then you would act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Like, you would treat everything as mm-hmm. sacred. If you believe that, like, we're all just fucking sinners anyway and, like, I'm never going to be, like, mm-hmm. holy... Uh, and all these people deserve it like that's a dark dark thing but if you if you're able to like i don't know there's something transcendent about believing like i'm part of like a larger force that and so is everyone else and we Mm -hmm. have to act that way at least that's how i feel also it i think i think you're very right and i would add that i think 
it also gives you a better place to channel your sensitivity. Mm. Like when I saw the thing with the shooter guides, like a lot of these people are just really sensitive, but they don't have a place to channel it that's positive. Yeah. You know, and what is sensitive channeled negatively? It's it's retaliation, it's fear, yeah. it's acting out. And in a world that says, yeah, everyone's holy, everything's love, and, you know, your sensitivity can be cha- can be redirected somewhere more positive. It can than, be a power. You know, it can be a power. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's so right. Yeah, it can. And that's why, going back to what we were first saying, men need to be writing more poetry. Yeah, real poetry. If any men are listening, yeah, write some poetry about actual stuff. But there's also Don't like Don't use it. The the systemicness <laughs> of like a systemically expecting men to write poetry instead of systemically just telling men to shut up or like telling, you know, we I think we've sort of moved away in in many in many circles from being like men need to be men, but instead of being mm-hmm. like fuck the patriarchy, men need to shut up. And it's like, well, that doesn't do anything like to actually help individual healing and growth I don't know maybe I'm off but yeah no a lot of this stuff I mean the thing that I think people are realizing is a lot of the stuff that obviously has a good intention just riles people up and makes them more afraid and feel more attacked and yeah that's why we see the other end of it um it's interesting I feel like in a lot of ways especially just with minor things like Elon Musk switching to Republican or, you know, Ricky Gervais. I watched the comedy special everyone was talking about just to see um, what he was saying. And it's just like, I think we're witnessing almost like a full circle, like rejection of the woke narrative in a lot of ways mm-hmm. where it's like now people are just coming in and almost like kind of nicely saying like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this isn't working. And there's people who have way more extremist versions, which is like, white supremacist shooters you know what I mean who've just like reached their boiling point and it just feels like all we've really done obviously not on purpose obviously it was well-intentioned obviously it was to like save lives or whatever like it has kind of turned into this like riled up circus you know and yeah I'm seeing more and more like you know like Ricky Gervais like a lot of his uh set was like him being like yeah you know I am a white straight man but I'm still kicking like it was like that yeah I need to watch it I need to check it out I don't know and I I don't know but in the book I read the coming insurrection Mm -hmm. I couldn't find it or I probably could find it but there was um a part where they literally said coming insurrection by the invisible committee which is like some highly anti-capitalist anarchy literature um he says he like hates on the activist Mm. and he says that these days the activist should move quietly let's see particularly to be avoided particularly here i have the exact quote particularly to be avoided are the cultural and activist circles they are the old people's homes where all revolutionary desires traditionally go to die Mm. The task of cultural circles is to spot nascent intensities and to explain away the sense of whatever it is you're doing, while the tax task of activist circles is to sap your energy for doing it. Mm. Activist milieus spread their diffuse web through the French territory and are encountered on the path of every revolutionary development. They offer nothing but the story of their many defeats and the bitterness these have produced. Their exhaustion has made them incapable of seizing the possibilities of the presidents of, of the present. 
Besides, to nurture their wretched passivity, they talk far too much, and this makes them unreliable when it comes to the police. Just as it's useless to expect anything from them, it's stupid to be disappointed by their sclerosis. It's best to just abandon the dead weight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All milus are counter-revolutionary because they are only concerned with the preservation of their sad comfort. And this is a book, this is an extremely far-left anarchy manifesto mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying normally you would read that and be like what right-wing person said yeah. that and it's like no this is some real shit yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's what i'm saying it's like the activist conversation it did just stir up some shit make a bunch of bitterness sadness amongst a bunch of people and for what you yeah, know i think part of it is also like it's not obviously the activist it's not the activist's fault um but <laughs> It's not. No, it was well-intentioned. No, no right? but what I'm saying is, like, I think part of it is uh, people don't have the answers. Like, we just don't have answers about, like, what exactly would be a perfect future for everyone, especially in... Um, it's interesting that that's a French book because the French are so much more condensed and it's a compact country in many ways. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the U.S., it's like there's there's no one answer for, for every single person. And we really shouldn't, I just don't think we should be one country. It's too, too hard. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But you know, the activist thing is like imagining, it's just like pushing things without an answer, a true answer, a true vision for the future that works for everyone. And also pretending that like one answer does work for everyone where like ultimately Mm. It just, unfortunately, there isn't one right answer. Um, I wish I wish there was, but but I think that's part of what it is. Is like there, it's not like they're actively doing any of those things. It's just that we we can't we can't really I don't know know what the answer is. But they sort of have to pretend they have to pretend to to like move their message forward, mm -hmm. right? And then that gets. Yeah, people it's upset. True, it's true. It it can backfire. Yeah. It's almost like any yeah, forward motion definitely. will have a backfire um, motion, but you have to take you you take the risk of that happening in the hopes that like the progress forward will be enough. And sometimes that doesn't pan mm -hmm. out. Do you know what I'm saying? Just like in in general. Yeah. Yeah, and also we live in a different time, you know? Like, I just think the rules of the past don't apply as much anymore, you know? Like, movements don't play out the way they used to with all these different tools. Like, yeah. you know, it, like, it turns into this petty, you know, narrative, like, throwing around. It's just very odd. Well, also the, the internet... But we don't know. The internet sort of um, makes everything happen simultaneously, whereas, like, back in the 60s and 70s, it was like you had the, like hippie movement and then you slowly had like the anti-hippie movement and then you slowly had people turning mm -hmm. to like Nixon and then you had Reaganism and these these things panned out over decades right because it was a slower mm. time the communication was slower ideas were slower and now it's everything everywhere all at once like and that's the internet and it's so it's like mm -hmm. the rule book is completely mm -hmm. thrown out the window and I I don't have an answer for that but I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I know it's true. Yeah. And I'll say one more thing, like the sentiment of progress not being real is like progress is only real when everyone believes in it. And progress cannot be attained without 
a concept of time that includes like a beginning, middle, and end, or a starting point, yeah. an ending point, yeah. or an end goal, you know? And when the medium of living right now or the medium of communication right now is literally, like you yeah. said, everything, everywhere, all at once, it's like the medium doesn't even really have kind of space mm-hmm. for progress either, you know? It's not like, like you said in the past, a decade to decade moving forward and like people realizing yeah. things and it's just kind of like this chaotic everything at once everyone in the room everyone's important yeah. everyone yeah. can be anonymous <laughs> it's a we don't really have we don't have control <laughs> so over our time anymore <laughs> you know yeah. like individually but like and politically like there is no yeah there's no progression and that could be cool and like a truth revealed kind of way but yeah belief belief yeah. goes a long way very also like politics politics Psycho. and individual <laughs> like life are so different and so it's like you can delve spiritually into the idea of like I don't have control and everything is unknown and then you like <laughs> try to like legislate something and it's like a totally different ball game <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why yeah modern spirituality is so like pertaining to the void you know yeah. because of that expression yeah. too that's kind of funny yeah, have you noticed, actually, if you look at the past, like, the hippie movement or whatever, it was very... It did have more of a sense of progression the same way that the politics did because it yes, was like, oh, we yes. want to transcend, right? It's like, we want to be better and we want to have better. And I think now a lot of the spirituality you see, rightfully so, is about presence more than anything, but also um, not really presence with a goal, but presence almost like it can be nihilistic and it can be more positive but it really is just about experiencing yeah, the void as, it, as is right now yeah you know yeah yeah that is the theme right now and it matches with yeah. the politics doesn't it <sighs> we're all so connected <laughs> it's almost like everything <laughs> makes sense we're too connected <laughs> it kind of does do you know what i mean like yeah no, it's a really true point. It kind of yeah. does. And when you look at, I think when you look at the form of it, I was listening to this really good podcast the other day that someone sent me, which was called uh, Your Attention Wasn't uh, Changed, It Was Stolen. It was like about attention capacity Whoa. on the Honestly podcast. And the guy in it was so passionate. It was such a fun episode. But something he said, he quoted like a tech theorist who said the message is in the medium or the medium is the mm. message. And it's just kind of a simple phrase that kind of he used to kind of describe, like, you know, you can go back and forth with all of these theories about the Internet and social media, but all you really have to do is look at the mechanism of it, right? It's not a place for communication and socializing, because if it was, it would have a meetup feature. It would have an events feature. It would have a caption that could be longer. (laughs) It would, you know, but the way that if you just look at the way it functions, it functions for ads and keeping you on, right? And it it was kind of like that, where it's literally that simple, and I think this conversation as well is like all of the complexities really boiled down are kind of like a simple formula of like a shared state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. What is the medium? The medium is in the message. What is the. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all sort of like living mm. in these different confines and trying to like make a make a cohesive story but there's there's no way to really do that with what we're being given at this point, you know. It's a bit mad. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just a bit and that's why we're all taking to podcasting because we yeah, can just say anything and <laughs> go on and on and on. Add to the <laughs> chaos. <laughs> we can add to the yeah. non chaos. It's <laughs> so funny. I do think I do leave this conversation thinking anonymity online I shouldn't think so. exist. Yeah, absolutely. I think it shouldn't exist. And I wonder what that would do. Yeah. Because no anon. It's like you think counts. about the old days. <laughs> no anon Tumblr <laughs> post. You think about the old days where like, you know, and still obviously mail is delivered to your house. And it's like, if you thought about every single thing you subscribe to online being delivered to your home, that would change everything. If you felt like there was a, like a groundedness to like what you do on the internet. But there just isn't. Nothing about it is grounded. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, like, also, I just thought of, like, porn addiction, where if, like, if the porn someone watched, they had to go in a store and buy it yeah. on a video. Yeah. It's, like, maybe they wouldn't really have that issue because yeah. they'd have to think, they'd have to really ground themselves in the reality of purchasing that thing. Yeah, I mean, when you go to the, the VHS store, <laughs> uh. like, the, the porn and stuff was behind a curtain, and you had to go through that act of literally going behind the curtain to, to get the thing and walking to the front and... And exiting yeah. the curtain. And showing a stranger what you're about to watch yeah. and get off to. The accountability And the there. ritual. <laughs> you guys want to talk about accountability? <laughs> the grounding ritual yeah. of it all. Nothing. Yeah, the ritual of it. We're losing a lot of what makes yeah. us who we are. We're leaving... That's the thing, is like... If you want to talk about if it's right or not to go to space or when we had that whole conversation about like preserving yeah. consciousness like whether you think it's right or not it's kind of the trajectory preserving right? consciousness we're becoming yeah. less and less yeah because we're just becoming mm -hmm. consciousness now like we're our bodies are these literally just things that we maintain <laughs> physical reality is just something that we maintain to have consciousness and expand yeah. consciousness whatever um but in the past it yeah it had a way more of a stake in everything we yeah. did you know, it's funny. Like, the ritual aspect, like you said, it's like the physical ritual of life totally. is shrinking. Uh. <laughs> the accountability is shrinking. Like, I think we finally figured out what the definition of accountability is after complaining about <laughs> it for so long. <laughs> like, accountability is, like, being seen. Yeah. Like, it's it's having it on record. Like, it's, like, being, being seen on record. And seeing others. Like, it's, it's putting like in the, the work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's having like what you did accounted for in a very form centric <laughs> physical way. Yeah. You know. It's I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Also, okay, well, whatever, I could just fucking keep going. Here, give give me give me nothing. Okay. I'm not gonna get into right. it. <laughs> I was just thinking about the paradox of, like, accountability vibes versus, like, you know. Uh, no, I, I saw, like, okay. a formed thing. But just kind of, like, there's just this, whatever, yeah, well, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> I don't have a complete yeah, cohesive we, we, thought. There's yeah. a paradox, and it's <laughs> growing. <laughs> figure it out later. <laughs> the paradox grow house. <laughs> paradox house <laughs> i wish like you know there's like hype houses for like tiktokers i wish there was like an incentive like that for like spiritual oh people oh my god like, i know 
This is the paradox house. This is the illusion yeah. house. Oh my god, what if we had an illusion house one day? That would be amazing. Yeah, just like a bunch of content creators, yeah. like, figuring shit out psychologically. Today I was in the pool with Divine Mother 333, <laughs> and we had this conversation about the way that the water was sticking to our skin as we left the pool, and I had a metaphysical download. <laughs> right there in the infinity <laughs> I would pool. watch that show. <laughs> right there in the infinity pool. Have you ever been in an infinity pool? I have not. Um, I've been in one, I think, that was not... Wasn't as infinite as you would want it to be. It was, like... It was infinite from... Like, they called it an infinity pool, but it was only an infinity pool from, like, certain oh, angles. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because it wasn't on the edge of a cliff. It was, like, on the edge of a hill with another hill kind of, like, under it. So it was, like, <laughs> from an angle yeah. it felt like one, but you really had to be, like, in the pool. It no, not like not yeah. in a way that mattered. <laughs> not, not in a way that mattered. That's <laughs> but they really they call it their infinity pool. Those ratchet. Oh my god. <laughs> du moi. Du moi. Du moi. <laughs> Do the work. Du moi. Du moi. Title of app. Du moi. Time, this episode is long. <laughs> About <laughs> title of what? Du Moir. <laughs> phonetic spelling of <laughs> Du Moir. Du Moir. Du Moir. What should the title be of this one? It's so many things. Um, du. Du. Post Du Moir. I was like, there's some. When we Post were talking Dumas. about water, there was something that one of us said that I was like, that's kind of funny, but I can't remember now. I'm sure, it'll come up in the edit. Oh, if. Um, if Dumas had a water version, yeah. we'll figure it out. Come up with the edit. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god, I just got an ad from Grubhub, oh. like an alert, and I'm like, do you know where I am? That's so sad. Actually, I would actually love to post Mates a burger to Your Pavlovian right uh, <laughs> response is like, oh yes, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, That's how they get you, yeah. you guys. Stop consuming. I've been uh, Instacarting and... <laughs> That's our title. Oh, my God, stop consuming. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Just stop consuming. Uh, Instacart. Oh, um, leave it. Burp. 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 Um, you were going to say something about oh, Instacart. Oh, just that I've been Instacarting and Postmating because I, I haven't been going to market, and it's... So it is addictive. Like this morning, I was going to make a smoothie. And then I was I like, know. actually, I could just order this breakfast bowl. And then I was like, no, I should just make the fucking smoothie. Because that's, that's what I should do when I have the ingredients, you know. <laughs> but it just feels so easy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, it's like we were saying. It's like the porn and everything. I mean, that's why we've evolved to this point. Yeah. The ease of consciousness yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without any yeah. effort. But I I do like cooking. There's something, like, spiritually grounding about cooking your meals and stuff. Oh, I love cooking now. I never did. Ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing to hear that. (laughs) I can't believe it. It's like, like, I literally was just like, I'm going to walk and get some bananas and then make a smoothie. Like, I'm down. But I had to be kind of forced into it. 
Okay, we have really been out here. It's <laughs> we, we made a joke. Whenever we do a long episode, I'm like, Joe Rogan <laughs> style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Marathon. Like, um, yeah. Like, astrology podcast style would be, like, 25 minutes, and then Joe Rogan style is, I like, know. What if we hours. were the next... I wish we were the next Joe Rogan. And everything in between. Not in, like, the, you know, crazy way. <laughs> we could just, like, everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, we just sat here. We would have to interview people. That's true. Because Joe Rogan, he doesn't have, like, whenever I think, like, oh, we should be more, like you know like have like designed episodes that are like welcome to and guess what yeah breaking news you know like his he has the top podcast and he literally just sits there and like recollects like his days <laughs> fighting i don't know and people love it all this wrestling talks making me hungry <laughs> <laughs> i know i have to bulk up before my next yeah meet. seriously <laughs> my like carb meet. carbo load i would love to be an athlete that has a legitimate reason to carbo load like, people who run marathons. Ugh, I fucking know. <laughs> I have... God, I have literally no reason to delve into my need to consume endlessly. That's yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, they really can. They just... But then they also can't, right? They, no. Well, they also have to be smart about it. Like, Chet Hanks. Oh, Okay, my we God. never talk... Should we just end this with yes, talking about yes, Chet yes. Hanks? Because here's the thing. You and I had the same reaction, but I will tell you the Twitter reaction was, like, outraged, and they were almost, like, trying to hate on Z-Way, in a sense, for even having him on. Really? And they were saying this, like, yeah, this, like, problematic, like, entitled white guy is on the show just showing that entirely. Oh, wow. And my first reaction was, like, you guys have never met this kind of person before? Like, to me, it's so harmless and clear who he yeah. is. Yeah, I felt like... <laughs> How did you well, feel? Well, I watched it. I watched almost all of Z-Way while I was sick, and I felt like he was one of the best interviews because he... Obviously, Z-Way and Chet are, like, diametrically opposed per people. Like, they're the complete opposites mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what they present online and what they symbolize for us. And it was just... I was like, okay, this is transcendent. Like, we are having two completely different people sit down in a room and just talk. And obviously, like, talking to Chet Hanks is not like talking to a normal person because he's not (laughs) normal. But it was like... I was like, this is what we need is just, like, people having conversations and just being themselves and not being, like... um, Not trying to, like, win the Z-Way game of wokeness, right? Like, he wasn't trying to do that. Oh, 100%. Um, Yeah. Like, you see some of the people, and they go on either to, like, just try to destroy the the woke thing, or they go on to, like, apologize. And, but the way that, like, Mm -hmm. the way that her Showtime show is, is it feels sort of like a game show. And so he just, like, didn't... I don't know. I just felt I was like, okay, like, doesn't this sort of like take away the boogeyman that is Chuck Hanks? But because he's just literally like, he's just a clown. He's just a clown, and that that is what I walked away from. And I was like, he really is just a clown. Yeah. So that's what I thought. But and he's just the epitome of that type of guy. Yeah. I dated a Chet Hanks for a week who literally <laughs> lived in the same building. Like, there's this certain type of dude that grows up on the west side, deep west side, like Marina Del Rey, Venice Beach area, who gets addicted to weed really early, gets super Venice Beach style tattoos, which are just kind of these like, you know, cursive writing and like scripture and they blow up their whole backs. <laughs> it's basically like 
they kind of pull from like gangster aesthetics without being gangster but then also like weirdly the gangsters like are chill with them and I think that's part of the point (laughs) but it's like a west side gangster is like a specific kind and they wear white tube socks that are high um usually vans or other mostly vans like basketball Basketball shorts. shorts maybe they play basketball at the Venice spot like they're just a typical type. I went to school with a lot of them. I dated a guy who I had a huge crush on <laughs> in eighth grade, and that's when he was, like, a cool hippie dude. And then by ninth grade, his weed addiction turned into, like, gangster vibes. <laughs> and I literally, I think I broke up with him because of his aesthetic. I was like, okay, white tee. Like, yeah. you're this white guy with, like, a white tee yeah. and, like, white tube socks, <laughs> and your dad lives in, like, a penthouse in Marina Del Rey. <laughs> uh, but chat is the same fucking thing. And, like, but that's the thing is, like, they're... what it really is whether it's problematic or not like what it is is these guys who they really like like black girls and like black culture and like grew up on rap and like smoke weed with like you know the skaters and shit at venice who are very diverse it's like all kinds of people over there and then they kind of like adopt and then you know and then later they're like you know it's their question but it's like I think when you watch it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like a natural trajectory. It's like when you put those people in the context of actual, the real world, like, they're, first, they're seen as, like, complete, out-of-touch, like, um, bozos. But it's like, in their own context, they do... Like, you're like, oh, I totally get how you got here. And it's it doesn't... Totally. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, there should be so many more Chet Hanks in the world, but I'm like, it's just, like, it's a very... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a very natural trajectory. This is what peak performance looks like. <laughs> but it's so funny. Even to the fact where, like, they you see the part where they meditated together, and it was like... And then he was like, bleh, like, at the end. And it's just like, he can't help it. <laughs> that was so he typical. <laughs> Literally, he, I've met him so many fucking times. Like, not Chet Hanks, but the Chet Hanks person. Like, he is a staple. And I think it's more than just L.A. But it's just funny to kind of see him and be like, oh, I know that guy. Like, whatever. Like, I know that type. And then online is, like, the entitled white man strikes again. It's like, this dude's just trying to, like, have a hot black girlfriend and, like, smoke weed all day and be, like, accepted in his chosen his chosen fast and it's also like it's he oh, what was I gonna say it was just sort of like watching him you could see that he oh I can't remember what he was, I was gonna say oh, it's, it's the brain fog I'm kicking in <laughs> oh man darn it I lost it that's too bad but yeah I just I really found the, the interview to be more than I bargained for I thought he I thought it was just gonna be cut like kind of cut up and sort of made to seem like villainizing Mm. him or you know edited in a way but it was just like he's just some dude that I don't know he's just it's almost like he doesn't do himself justice online like he makes himself into a bigger clown that than I think he really is you know and he's like playing this part he's also funny and I think his humor applies to like the average person who's not like an uppity city person trying to like be woke all the time you know what I mean like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like his humor is like and then he probably has that all day every day you know and then he goes on this show that's like designed to be like you're imitating a Jamaican person you know and the story is like he had a Jamaican girlfriend who loved when he did the accent you know and it's like that's real life you know versus like yeah he also (laughs) doesn't contrived reality the problem is I think he doesn't have a filter like and again like I 
whatever, you, you probably should curate what you say, but he doesn't where it's like when he was like, she's like, where did white boy summer come from? He was like, I just got a fresh haircut and I just like felt like white boy summer. And it's like every other person on the internet thinks about that a little more, but he just like, but it's not this like malicious thing of being like, well, it's like white people now, you know, you can just tell that he just doesn't filter thing. And that's what I thought was healing yeah, about it is you were just sort of like, oh, you can just see that he's, I don't know, he's not really putting all the pieces together, and but he's not, like, this evil, like, eh. He's being himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, the more we see people performing, the more healing it is to see someone being themselves, even if it is stupid. Right, <laughs> even if it is stupid. Even if it is a circus act. And, yeah, like, I'm just like, okay, this dude's fucking And that, the Chet Hanks that we all know, no one ever thought that they were, like, a, you know, icon of, the generation like everyone just sees that person as sort of like okay like they're really on that that vibe that like really specific vibe he's in his lane (laughs) yeah totally yeah 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 definitely yeah the z-way thing is funny i literally just watched it for chat but like otherwise i'm not too crazy about the show i watched i watched almost every episode and i like I guess um, definitely almost every episode, every episode of the second season, I want to see the Emily Raddick-Jowski one that's coming out. Oh, me too. Is that coming out? out. Yeah, I always watch it for the guests, I guess. I guess the show is really just like, what are they going to do in that context? Yeah. And like, like you said, it's like people either like prove how virtuous they are or they fight against the whole thing. And then it's rare where you get a chat who's just like, yeah fucking himself yeah 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 oh god yeah emily will probably do the virtue thing yeah she'll probably be like i have 50 black friends (laughs) she's not british but i thought she was for a second (laughs) i I definitely understand why you thought she was british Uh. (laughs) (laughs) she'll take off a mask and be like i've actually been black this whole time i've actually been british this whole time and then she'll be the most virtuous um i've actually been british (laughs) <laughs> she'll just be the she'll be really good i know she'll be good on there we'll just have to tune in and find out <laughs> yeah it's the best show of yeah. the year <laughs> dude the new season of atlanta is crazy i know i'm waiting to watch it with chris because we need another show so i'm excited you should yeah. it's very very like you have to pay attention like if I find myself even slightly, like, sleepy, I'm like, we can't do it yeah. right now. It's, like, very... It's weird. It's I'm funny. excited. It, it's, like... It's kind of Portlandia-ish Damn. in some ways. But from, like, a different angle. Like, a less lighthearted yeah. angle. So, you know, there's that. But it's really crazy. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <clears throat> um, all right, well, uh, final thoughts? <laughs> Final thoughts. I feel like I blacked out. I'm gonna make myself a banana shake. Oh, I'm excited. I had a I had a that's my goal banana smoothie this morning. Banana and spinach, dude, really good for the fiber in the mornings. Oh really? Maybe I should get yeah. some spinach then. Cause I realized like I have this yogurt I got that just makes every smoothie taste good. Mm. And I was like, that's all I gotta do. Yeah. Also ice. This is you know, this is my final word, is that my dad used to make avocado shakes, which was avocado, banana, milk, and like hella sugar. <laughs> but what made it taste good, he said, was putting ice because an ice cold 
like avocado banana mixture just tastes like the sweetness gets highlighted but a warm avocado banana mixture just tastes like a mushy earthy experience so yesterday I had a a very banana dominant shake and it was kind of lukewarm when I tried it and then I added ice and it turned into this like luxe like icy and I was like okay he's right yeah yeah (laughs) ice I need to get on that our our blender we don't have a real blender we have a an old Nutribullet that I got like from work and uh it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. really bl- it's like so old now that it doesn't really blend like I, when I put apple in I still get chunks of apple so I just know it couldn't handle ice you know I need to get a real real if anyone mm-hmm. wants to send me a blender um yeah <laughs> dude get a ninja blender that's what ninja. I have I got it at target ninja it's Ninja, and I did research to... Remember when all of those fucking blenders were exploding on people and, like, killing them and, like, burning them? I have that. I have one of those. The Nutribullet? Well, I Googled, yeah. and the Ninja is just <laughs> either newer or it's just been long enough where they fixed the motor, so I don't feel afraid of my blender anymore. Okay, I, I feel But so anything is possible. I still leave the room. Because <laughs> there's, like, a smoothie just, setting. <laughs> Yeah. And then I just leave and I'm like, if you explode, I'm not going to be there, bitch. <laughs> oh, so it turns off on its own. Yeah, it has a smoothie setting, which literally is like 50 seconds of it, like, uh, pausing and blending on its own. And then it has suction cups on its bottom what? feet so that when it vibrates on the counter, it doesn't, like, <gasps> vibrate off the counter. It's really cute. It, it wasn't even that crazy expensive. It was like 120 or something. Yeah, oh, it's wow. really insane. Okay. When it, the first time I used it, I, like, and Jamie was in the living room, and I was, like, I, like, put the blender on the, you know, the autopilot setting and, like, came into the living yeah. room to be all, like, trippy and, like, who's doing it? And, like, for a second, he was, like, what's happening? And I was so satisfied because that's a new thing. But I really, like, I did a whole performance where I was, like, what's going on? That's so funny. <laughs> Oh my God, domestic antics. So much, is it like so much of a relationship, just like little bits that you like, you look back on and you're like, I, I really just did that just to like entertain someone. I know, I know, I know. Oh my God. It's also fun oh, with I men because they're such dudes, you know, like yeah, you're like, the blender is on by itself be. and they have to like face that <laughs> and you're just like a <laughs> stupid little fairy in their house. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, okay, we should go. We're gonna yeah, have a okay. two hour and a half episode for the public. This one's public. I love that. This was a strong that public is, episode. It was. We got nice. in. And if um, you don't know what we're talking about by public, it's because we also have a Patreon, everybody. We should, yeah, totally. We, need to we start always forget to beginning. advertise. <laughs> yeah, now you guys know how pure we are. We don't even think about marketing until it's too late. And half of you have left this episode. But yeah, if you want more episodes, <laughs> every other week there is <laughs> there is a Patreon where you can get it actually weekly. And this episode is going to be a day early for those people. So if you're like me and you have yeah. some faves where, you know, the second they post, you just want it ASAP and it actually guides your day. You yeah. have that relationship with us. Very tight. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you for being a patron <laughs> for those who are patrons. Yeah, we love you. And... Um, because you know what would suck? If, if, could you imagine if you and I were, like, on our rants, and then there would be a pause, and we'd be like, do you ever wake up in the morning? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you and I are just, like, the shooter, like, the internet of 4chan. 
And then we're like, and then it goes, and it's like, do you ever wake up and your hair is just not how it was the day before? Oh, I do that all the time. I don't what would our ads well, Gabby, be? Well, Gabby, there is an app for that. Let me tell you about this new app. It's called Hair Day. And the hair that you get. <laughs> this has been engineered by Icelandic warriors. <laughs> they actually wrote this in BC, and we just uncovered the. the that would be our kind of ads. Or, like, what other ads would we have? Are you um, completely at a loss? <laughs> Are you completely <laughs> at a loss? Do you often wonder when your next beverage will be? Well, we have the beverage predictor. <laughs> Are you going to have coffee next? Are you going to have tea next? Are you going to have an experimental kombucha? It actually sits on your counter. And you know what you're, th- I know what you're thinking. It doesn't take up much room at all. It really doesn't. It's just a tiny <laughs> little elf. And it goes wherever you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> Just so grateful for it. What other ads could we have? Plant a tree (laughs) for every death. No. Oh my god. (laughs) Plant a tree every time. Get a tree planted every time you send an anon gossip tip to Dumois. (laughs) (laughs) This way you're saving the planet while also keeping gossip relevant. (laughs) We will plant a tree every time. For every hour every that time. you watch the Johnny Depp trial. Oh, no. <laughs> every, time, every time you walk your dog, we'll plant a tree. That way you get fresh air, your little one gets a nice walk, and the environment gets a little pick-me-up. And who knows? Maybe you guys will pee on that tree. And that's <laughs> Yeah, maybe <laughs> one day you and your best friend will meet at that tree. And <laughs> years later, you'll make a podcast. <laughs> Dude, that's me and James did me meet Gabby, at a sorry. tree. That's not made up. Yeah, we met up at a, uh, a very old tree, and we would call it the friendship tree. It's now a yeah. light. It's now a, um, it was cut down. Light. It was old, and then it became a uh, street light. Street light, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Which is cooler than it being nothing. <laughs> Do you know totally, I mean? totally. Like, it's, it's like, oh, it's, it's a street light. Yeah, it's like. Light her up. Protect. We should take a photo at it next time you're in town. I don't know why we've never done yeah, that. Yeah, it's funny that, you know, it's funny we haven't done that. Like, we just accepted it. We yeah. never pathologized yeah. it. We should commemorate it. And the friendship um, tree. Friendship light. Um, Chet Hanks. I have to write down the list of what we talked about immediately. Otherwise, yeah, I'll end like, go. I think we talked about it more. Um... Okay, thank you for coming. Thank you for being a patron if you is. Thank you for just hanging if you are just yeah. hanging. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate you. Presences. We appreciate wow, the I ones who buy the magazine and take it home. And we also appreciate the ones that sit in the news section on the floor of the Barnes & Noble yeah. reading it as well. Wherever you're okay. at, you know. Okay, Goodbye, thanks, have a guys. beautiful rest of your week. And uh, keep and going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going and don't be a Dumar. <laughs> or, or do. I really don't care. As long as I'm not. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Keep, keep going. going.